All sports, all the time. There's heroes and there's legends. Heroes get remembered. Legends never die. This is the Spoken Podcast. Hold your ears, folks. It's showtime. I'm your host, Lance Woodwell. Man, that kid, he can ball, man. He can ball. Touchdown, Kansas City! Man with freaking Mahomes, baby! Uh, let's talk some sports, because that's what we're here to do. You are tuned in to the Spoken Spoken. This is the Spoken Podcast. I am your host, Lance Twidwell, here inside the KC Beard Co. Studios with my guys, Trevor Twidwell. What up? And Eddie Ortiz. Episode 41 is currently in the works, so hang with us as we get through this thing. Whether you've been with us since the beginning, you've kind of joined up in the middle of the offseason, or you're here this for the first time. Welcome. Welcome, guys. We thank you so much for taking the time to listen to us three dipshits talk a little bit about Chiefs football and whatever else comes to mind. Um, we definitely want to thank all of our sponsors, all of our listeners to this point. And um, this is the fun time of the year. Uh, it definitely is. We're down the home stretch, literally and figuratively, for the Chiefs. There is a lot to take away from what we have seen in just the last week. I mean, it, it's crazy how we only do these once a week. But, I mean, it, it, it's it's consistent. But there feels like there's so much in between each episode that we have to get caught up. So let's not waste yeah. any time. Let's get right to it. Um, obviously, it's Patriot Week. This is a week that we've all circled on our calendars since the schedules came out earlier this year. We are very familiar with this. Now, I would consider this a actual rivalry between the Chiefs and the Patriots because this these are the two teams that have been going at it for the last year now and staying in each other's way as far as who's going to get to the Super Bowl and who's not. And I know the Ravens have peaked their head in there. I know the Texans are there. But this is the matchup that we've all been waiting for, especially here in Kansas City. We're going to get to that a little bit later. But let's recap a little bit on uh, last week's uh, game against the, the Oakland Raiders. Now, Trevor, Eddie, and myself were there together. Yep. We had an absolute great time. I think we got there, I don't know, I think it was before 11 o'clock, I want to say. Yeah. And just tailgated the shit out of it, man. Had a great time. Met some new people out there. Um, had a great time. Like I said, we went, we went live. Gave our official predictions. I felt like all of our predictions were pretty good considering the outcome of the game. And the thing we talked about on the show last Friday, at least something that I had mentioned myself, was I wanted to see the Chiefs reestablish themselves as the dominant force in the AFC West and show the rest of the league that they're still there. Um, They're not exactly what we would call the toast of the town right now, the flavor of the month. That is the Ravens right now. That is the Seahawks. There are quite a few other teams that are getting a lot more notice and a lot more attention than the Chiefs at this current time. And that's okay because that's not what this is about. It's not a popularity contest. It's about who wins, who gets the last laugh at the end of the season. And that's obviously the goal here in Kansas City, or at least it should be. And the Chiefs did exactly that, in my opinion. No, there was there was a lot of things. We talked about, talked about this on the Shaggy Shane show. Trevor and I were on there. We were guests. Uh, Shane was kind enough to let us hop on there and talk a little bit about the the game immediately following the game after it was over in section 110. And, you know, we, we talked about it. It wasn't, it, there was a lot of things I didn't like about the game. If I could be totally honest, as a chiefs fan, I didn't feel like the chiefs played particularly well, especially on the offensive side. There was really no rhythm. Um, the run game is still struggling. Um, I know Darwin Thompson came in late in the game and looked well, but let's be honest, it was a blowout. It was garbage time. Yeah. The Raiders were not playing at game that time. Yeah. Game is over. But, you know, it was still cool to see him out there and, and making plays. But the, the offense did not look good. And that was concerning because of the fact that I feel like I would like, I personally would like to see the Chiefs' offense 
you know, gaining ground as they get into matchups like this against a, a, a pretty damn good defense of the Patriots. I don't think they're as great as everyone thought they were, but they're still a really good defense. Mm-hmm. I would have liked to see the offense click a little bit more. But having said all of that, and I want to get your guys' thoughts on this game as well, but it was nice to see. I, I'm, I'm going to be honest because we talked about it last week, how I did not like how this entire season up to this last week, the Chiefs had not had one convincing victory all season. They did not step on the throat of their opponent one single time. And that's a lot of what Andy likes to do. He's very conservative. He likes to keep it classy. He doesn't like to blow out his opponents. But it was good to see that because I think that's what the team needed. And I say team, not offense, because the team needed a win like this, especially against a team that's in their division that everyone was jumping on the bandwagon. Everyone was talking about how they could catch the Chiefs. The Chiefs yeah. went out there and made a statement. Especially and they, been struggling at home as well. Yeah, especially with the Chiefs. Yeah, yeah exactly. Being a 500, 500 team at home right. coming into the game and everything like that. There was This season's been very frustrating and very underwhelming in more ways than one. Mm-hmm. So it was really good to see that. And I think – I don't want to speak for you guys, but it was a satisfying victory enough to where I feel good moving forward. I feel like this team is turning the corner, not as fast as I'd like them to or how I think they should – but they are turning the corner, and I think the Chiefs are getting better, and they are starting to peak at the right time, and that is what's important to me. Eddie, what are your, what are your thoughts about the game? What was your takeaway? Man, what, what, what is their takeaway, man? It was, it, was a, it was a great victory for the team uh, overall. Uh, though we did see the, the offense struggle for, for uh, the second consecutive game uh, in back-to-back games. Uh, they, they struggled passing the ball. Uh, one, Patrick Mahomes uh, struggled passing the ball. He's he's he was missing wide open man. He he was he was just overthrowing the ball. I don't know, I don't know if his confidence was shook or I, I don't know I don't know what's what's happening with it. But in the past two games, he has a lot of a lot of incompletions. Uh, though we do have uh, wide receivers that drop the balls and stuff like that. But yet again, we saw one Patrick Mahomes struggle with the football in those two consecutive games. But the defense stepped up. They 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 put us. They kept us in those games. Uh, the defense outshined the offense against the Raiders. Uh, I don't know how you guys saw it, but that's that's the way I saw it. Mm-hmm. I saw the the the, de- the defense stepping up and 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 being the defense we need to get to that Super Bowl. Now we can't have this in Kansas City to where the offense takes a break and then the defense steps in. The, the the offense steps in, then the defense takes a break. We can't have that. It's, it's the inconsistency throughout this whole season that obviously the Chiefs needed this victory, but it's still it was still kind of like a little shaky as to what the offense is really all about. It still kind of gave me doubts per se. It, it, it was uh, it was satisfying winning by by uh, thirty one points, mm-hmm. but at the same time you're like, is this offense really? going to struggle like this throughout the entire season as it has throughout the pretty much all season. So I, I, it's great seeing the, the defense step up and, and, and being the, the playmaker, uh, the playmakers being the, the making those plays that we need them to make. Mm-hmm. And we just need the offense to, to come in and step up. But overall it was a great, great, great victory. And yeah, it was great seeing it. Yeah. I mean, um, if we can take moral victories from losses, we got to be able to be critical during wins. Right. So uh, not much, not much criticism to go around, but like you said, um, we want to see, like you guys have said and made it clear that we want to see this offense get back to what we know it can be and what it really is in its pure nature. Um, and that all starts up front for me. And that's why I think Pat has been kind of struggling because our, our offensive line has not been impressive. I know we've had a couple guys in and out. We've got some guys back and we're still kind of getting everybody acclimated. We haven't had everybody as a group 
played much football together so far this year. Um, but regardless, our, our our offensive line has not been able to produce in the run blocking. In uh, that, I mean, you go watch our running game, and we, this is the reason we don't run because I don't think Andy Reid trusts the run blocking. We don't get we don't create holes. We don't give our guys gaps. I don't think it's a talent issue. I haven't thought that all year because we saw last year when we were clicking, our offensive line was clicking, and Damian Williams was feasting on the Patriots. And whoever we were playing, you know, Kareem Hunt was getting gaping holes and taking advantage of it. We haven't seen that this year. And that's what starts. That's why I think Pat's been a little off his game. Yeah, he's been rattled, obviously, this year. He's still probably could be a little. I thought he looked fine when he was running the ball. Um, he's been our leading rusher. Oh, he was our leading rusher until uh, that final drive. Um, but overall, this let me before I even get into the criticism, which is not much. This is by far my favorite win of the season. Not only is because we, we we took the ass of the of the Raiders once again, um, and that's always a joy. Um, but it was just the, the the we fixed everything that we were complaining about outside of the outside of the offense, which we know we know will eventually click, and I think we're going to at the right time heading into the postseason. Um, that's starting this this week with the Patriots, and we'll get there. Um, but I mean, the special teams they they fixed all that. The special teams was just out there making a statement. No penalties, zero penalties. You know, we, 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 I think we had 17 penalties in the last two weeks heading into this week. 17. So, I mean, just for us to, to bounce back and have damn near of a perfect game, special teams-wise, defense-wise, as a fan, you love that. But as a as a person like us who, who, who you know, are, are here to critique when we think critique needs to be, you know, when criticism needs to be, you know, put out there, I, I don't like the way our offense is, is – unless there's something, some conspiracy going on with Andy Reid if he's not wanting to show much, which I think there could be a little to that. He doesn't want to show much of our scheme because he hasn't do, been doing anything really tricky. There hasn't been any – like a lot of like, you know, jet sweeps, double jet sweeps, you know, fake in rounds, you know, uh, uh, a lot of, you know, option plays. We haven't seen much of that. We've seen some design runs for Pat, which is kind of odd, but they worked um, – I just don't like our attack downfield, regardless of defenses are trying to take. I mean, it's the Raiders' defense. We should have been attacking them downfield all day. But it did definitely seem like Andy Reid was just trying to get out of there. He knew our defense could take care of Derek Carr, like always, regardless of how shitty our defense has ever been. Derek Carr comes in and just lays an egg and arrowhead every time. So I, I get that. I mean, I guess there's something to it, and he can just, you know. But, like, even in the press in the postgame presser, Pat was like, well, you know, this is kind of one of those games where we just kind of – you know, we're rolling with our defense, how they're playing, and we know we just kind of score whenever we could. I don't really like that statement very much. Yep. I love Pat, and I yep. love I love his confidence, but I don't like hearing that from my quarterback because every time you have the ball, I want you to go score. I want you to have it in your mind you're going to score. I don't want you to say, oh, you know what, well, you know, let's kind of – we can just take it easy. We're, you know, our defense, we're pretty confident in those guys right now. No, because anything can happen in football. You take advantage of any situation you're in, anytime you have that ball, anytime it's in your power and you're the guy that can go down there and put more points for your team – you do that because we're expecting the defense to stop the other team from doing that. Yeah. So why aren't we out trying to put up more points in the scoreboard? I just don't like hearing that. I don't like that mentality. I'm not sure if that's what he really meant or it was like, maybe I'm taking it the wrong way, but that's how I heard it. Um, and as you know, an aggressive style guy as, as far as football goes, as I want to see, I was going to say, is that the only thing you're aggressive with, Trev? There's a lot of things I'm aggressive <laughs> with, but we don't want to go there. That's but, for another podcast. I'm a heavy breather. No, uh, but yeah, man, I mean, there's like I said, there's not much criticism to go. That was my favorite one of the year so far just because it was a total team win. Um, we got the running game going. We scored two rushing touchdowns, well, three with Pats. You know, it was good to see us rushing the, rushing the ball effectively. Uh, granted, it was the Raiders. Um, 
But if we can continue that running and, and, and just tweak the offensive line and give Pat just a, you know, another second to make a play without having to evade the pocket. Yeah. He was evading the pocket way too much, and it's the Raiders. If this is the Raiders pushing him out of the pocket and he has to scramble outside of the right every damn play, I felt like, what are the Patriots going to do? Right. You know, They're going to bring the heat against Pat, and they're going to force him to make plays outside of the pocket. Right. So I want to see us tighten that up. Outside of that, because I, I think that's correlated with Pat's struggles and why our offense hasn't looked so crisp, why he hasn't been able to get those you know throw guys open because he, he's uncomfortable. Yeah. So if we tighten up the offensive line up front, We'll get not only the running game going better, and Pat will have more time to make plays. So. Uh, just to add a comment to, to to the whole offensive line, mm-hmm. I, I know I know we we already well we're already in what week fourteen now. We've seen thirteen weeks of this offensive right. line, and, and obviously Pat has had really good games, and obviously he got injured, yeah. and then he came back. He had that great game against Tennessee, though right. they lost. But then it feels like when Eric Fisher came back, I think he came back against the Chargers. If I'm not yes. Mm-hmm. He hasn't played great football since since the Chargers game. Mm-hmm. Now I don't know I don't know what's what 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 the deal is, uh, but we knew what the offensive line had, and we've seen what Patrick Mahomes can do with that offensive line. Right. So to me, it's like we are like we already knew the issue, but I, I feel like that's not the that's not the issue that's that's happening. Yeah, it's a collective issue. It's a it's a collective group. And it's a collective I, I, issue yeah. with all of them because we're getting a lot of pressure up the middle too. Our, 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 the middle of our line is getting blown up and Pat's having to leave the pocket way too soon. And it's just, it, it throws your whole chemistry off. Well, it's hard I, to get a flow of the game when you can't. I think, I think this offense, throws. if 2018's offense never existed, I feel like we'd be a lot less critical oh, of this no offense. But this is the same group. Because even with the struggles that they're having and all the injuries that they've, you know, sustained, they're averaging almost 30 points a game right. this year, which is unreal right. to, to consider the this fact that Patrick missed two and a half games. Yeah. And how as valuable as he is to not just this offense, but to this entire team mm-hmm. to still be the third, I think the third ranked offense in the NFL right now. And in offense and total offense is pretty insane um, with the fourth hardest schedule in football to this point uh, to, to take away from some of the things you both just said. Um, and, and to the point of the 2018 chiefs, as opposed to this team mm-hmm. is that this team is going to be constantly compared to that 2018 team, because that For team, sure. that, that offense in particular was so all time great well, that there's an expectation and a bar that's set that if we're not reaching it with almost the exact same offense, there are going to be questions to be asked. And to go right back to what Eddie was just saying um, with Eric Fisher, I'm going to give him a couple of weeks to really work his way back because he missed over half the season to a pretty severe, pretty severe groin injury. And for a tackle with your linear agility to be missing, that makes you struggle. And let's be real here. Eric Fisher is not an elite left tackle already. So with that considered and the injury to also put into the, into the facts of things, you're going to get yourself a struggling left tackle, but I will be one that will remind all of us here of what we had before Eric Fisher sure. came back. And that was a revolving door, a trash can with a helmet on named Cam Irving. Body by so I will take the struggling Eric Fisher over the the, the recent mm-hmm. um, experiment, if you will. Um, and to Trevor, what some of the things you were talking about, man, you know, like I, I actually a hundred percent agree with most of what you took away from that game. Um, and I, and I like, I agree with you. I took the same thing out of Patrick's comments as well. I do think a lot of that is just football speak. Yeah. Um, he definitely has his team's He's back. Kudos to his defense. And to that point, though, I do I do think that Patrick finally is feeling. I'm not sitting here saying like he's been playing for 10 years in the in the league. Yeah. But throughout his entire football life, he's Breathe never had a defense yeah. 
that's giving him what this defense is. And I think that's why this win was, and I agree, that was my favorite win too of the season to this point until this next week, but we'll get in that in a second, um, is the fact that this was an actual team victory. For the first time, like if you, if let's say the 2018, again, here we are comparing, the 2018 Chiefs, let's say their offense was struggling like this one has at times this season. They're not leading the AFC West right now because they didn't have the defense to. And that's speaking, that's a testament to what Spagnola, and I've been very critical on this defense many times this season because I haven't liked a lot of the things I saw. Um, Most of it was impatience because I didn't think that, you know, it should take them as long as it has. But I would be remiss if I didn't say that they deserve a lot of credit for what's happened over the last several weeks. This defense has played very well against some tough opponents, especially when Patrick Mahomes was out. We talked about it, how the defense was night and day better without Patrick Mahomes. Well, we what, finally what like saw. It, what I like about it, too, is that we're playing teams that have to win. The Raiders yeah. had to win that it game. It wasn't like the Raiders came in this game right. with nothing to play. You, know, everything yeah, to you, play know, you know, like you said, we circled them, the Patriots game on our map. They circled us on their, Absolutely. On their, on their, on their schedule. Because you know, the Patriots so. know, we're going to talk about this right. a little bit, the Patriots know that both games last year they probably should have lost. Yeah. We'll it wasn't It wasn't sure. that they got they kicked the Chiefs' ass one time. Right. They won by a combined, what, uh, nine yeah. points. Nine, yeah. Nine fucking points, man. Yeah, That's yeah. my point is that the, 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 the Chiefs have an arrow, a, a target on their back. The Raiders came into Arrowhead maybe not feeling good about themselves, but like we just said, they had everything to play for. Their yeah. season was on the line. Because yeah. if the Raiders would have came in here and won, you're looking at them leading the AFC West right now because well, they would have a better conference record. Too. And it wasn't just the Raiders. It was the week before with the Chargers. Absolutely. The Chargers had to win that game, and we Absolutely. took it from them. That's, those are the most impressive wins, man, when you when you have to win as well. The difference the difference between the game in San, uh, the game in Mexico City against the Chargers and this game in Arrowhead against the Raiders was – I felt like the Chiefs won it collectively. I felt like the Chargers gave that game away. Like we yeah, talked with Darren Smith from eight ten, sure. but our defense did what they had. The to defense do. played well, yeah. um, but in this game it was different because I felt like the Chiefs didn't really shoot themselves in the foot very much. This, Travis Kelsey had a bad game. Let's well, be like, real. Like I but, said though, in the post game with with with, with Shag with Shaggy, I said that I felt like this offense could have, if they wanted to, went and put up sixty on the scoreboard. Because I just felt like we were really kind of like pulling in the reins a little bit offensively. I feel like Andy Reid was like, you know what, we yeah. kind of have control of this game. Their whole that whole vibe of the game. Never once did we ever feel in that in yeah. that stadium. I don't, like, I don't think there was ever there doubt. was like any kind of like. And, and I think about the anything. I think the I think the weather did have something to yeah, do. Yeah, with, absolutely, because I mean, nasty, there was a couple throws I saw Patrick's. I'm like, I well, yeah, I never near, seen him. that near interception. That, that one he horrible. threw in the middle of the field. I know if that yeah. went because they were going against the wind when he threw that ball. I'm not excusing because that was a terrible throw. It was a terrible throw. But if that win wouldn't have been as bad, that ball is going to Sammy. Yeah, that ball is in Sammy's hands. It was it got killed in that air. Yeah. So that that played a factor too. And 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 to kind of segue into that conversation, there's been so much conversation about, you know, is Patrick okay? Is hmm. is there something wrong? Is he not as healthy as we thought? Is he distracted? Is you know maybe he's just having some sort of a regression? No, look, I'm going to get out ahead of it and say this. I'm not going to defend some of the bad plays he's had over the last couple of weeks since he's been back. Mm. I'm not going to even defend the fact that he's completing a little bit over 50% of his passes over the last couple of weeks. Patrick's got to play better. Mm. If the Chiefs are trying to win a Super Bowl, if they're trying to beat teams like the Patriots, he's got to play better. But are we all the core of us as Chiefs fans right now? I'm always been, I've always been one that's believed in body of work and sample size in anything. Not just sports, but in life. 
I base what I judge something or someone on off body of work and sample what size. What you're actually doing. What I've seen you do more than not. We've seen Patrick Mahomes play 27 career games in his, in his, in his early career. And in those 27 games, he's done things that no one in the history of the NFL has ever done. With touchdowns, with yards, you name it. He's unprecedented. That's why when I post things like that on the Spoken Group on Facebook, I always put that that title on top. Unprecedented. Because he's, he's something we've never seen before in this league, let alone in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to be one that he, because of the fact that he's had two games that have been extremely mediocre and bad, actually, to his own standard, I'm not going to be one that's going to sit here and believe that this is some sort of trend. I'm going to be one that thinks that there are circumstances at hand, some we may not know about, most of them we do, and they are playing a factor as to why he's struggling right now. Do I think it's going to last? No. Because, again, the body of work and sample size tell me that Patrick Mahomes just had one of the greatest seasons in NFL history, and I have no reason to believe that he's not that exact same guy. Is he going to put up those numbers every single year? No. And that might even be hard for me to accept sometimes because I know how great this guy can and is. Yeah, can, the, can and be weapons, and is. And the weapons he has too. But sure. we have to remember some factors here because Trevor also said this, and I 100% agree with it, about the offensive line. He does not trust this offensive line. Mm-hmm. You can see it in his body language. He could he could be right. He could be across this table right now and tell me different, and I wouldn't believe him yeah. because he his body tells me something different. You see how antsy he gets in the pocket. Even the throw we just talked about when he throws across his body to the middle of the field. He left a clean pocket. He did not have to do that. He could have stayed in the pocket. He didn't trust what was in front of him. That can and will change, in my opinion. I think as the collection of what he has now is going to be playing more and more together, that trust is going to come back. But he was running for his life for the majority of this season because he was missing Eric Fisher, because they have been banged up up front, and they have been facing pretty good defenses. So those are things that are going to have to change. Also, him and Tyreek Hill have played, what, two full games together this entire season? If that. Totally if that. Close, yeah. I think it's the Texans and I think it's uh, the Raiders game. So we have to give these guys some time. I know that's not what I – trust me, I'm not – I'm the last guy to be talking about patience. I got the highest standards when it comes to the Chiefs. But there are circumstances that we cannot ignore, and those are the, situ- those are the circumstances right now. Luckily, the Chiefs still have four games to work with. Mm-hmm. They still have a full month of football before the playoffs even begin. And they got their biggest challenge ahead of them. So what better time for the Chiefs to turn that corner like I just talked about a few minutes ago? They have every opportunity in the world to make this season what they wanted to be make it from the very beginning. Did the season start off how we expected? No. Even though they started off 4-0, we all knew this team was different. That there was something wrong with the offense, with the injuries, with some things that were going on in the offseason with Tyreek Hill and things of that nature. This has been a very stressful time. But they're still winning the games they need to win. It's been a long season already, man. And like I said, we got a full month of football left to go. And I'm really excited to see what happens. Because I feel like this is finally the team that we wanted to see all along. I think this is these next four games are going to be statement games, and I think this week against the Raiders was the there's the starting the foundation of that to make statements to tell everybody, hey motherfuckers, we're still here. Well, yeah, and, and the nice part is we're waiting for all of our all we're, we're, the past few weeks we've seen our weaknesses start to become our strengths, which which is nice because you know our biggest strength has always been our offense, but it hasn't been the last few weeks. But our other weaknesses have been carrying the load. All we're waiting on is that offense to start clicking a little bit. And then, I mean, who's stopping that? If our defense continues to play this play this way 
and and wins up front constantly. And if Frank Clark can keep playing the way he is, and Chris Jones just be himself, I mean, good luck, man. Yeah, that's anybody. That's how I feel as well, man. And so to, to put a cap on all that, I think it was a very satisfying victory. I think we all felt that way. Could they play better? Absolutely. But that's that is football, man. You're not going to play perfect games. Um, the Chiefs did, went out there, dominated a, a, an opponent that they needed to dominate. Because let's be real here: if we're if the Chiefs would have squeaked out of the three point victory against that Raiders team, we'd be yeah. sitting here going, "All right, guys, we got some problems to fix before this Patriots." That's game. how we felt after the Chargers game. Yeah, yeah for sure. So uh, they they went out there, and made a statement. All credit to Andy Reid to get his team prepared after the bye week, which yeah. he's notorious <laughs> for. I think he's what seventeen and three now, eighteen and three now Ridiculous. since you know in the bye weeks in his career. So. Uh, hats off to those guys. They they went out there and, and put an absolute beat down on the Raiders and pretty much put it into their season. I mean, they could still probably make the playoffs, but I'm not I'm not picking them now. Back to back 31 point losses. No. I, I just don't see how they, they how still, they squeak yeah, they it still out. Still got some tough opponents. They got the Jags, I think, and a couple other teams that could t- possibly pull out a win against them. Yeah, the Bills. They gotta take the Bills out. I don't see that happening yeah. either. So Bills are rolling, man. All right, well, we're gonna take a quick break, guys. When we get back, Spencer Ware is back in KC. Uh, is he going to fix the running back situation? What is the running back situation right now? And also, I feel like there's a little bit of confusion when it comes to Travis Kelsey this season, when it comes to the fan base, when it comes to local media and just the general expectations and why I think it's just a little ridiculous. We'll get back to all that after this. Commandeer is Kansas City's alternative apparel brand. They make unique Kansas City-themed apparel and accessories with an emphasis on counterculture. They're nominated for two Best of KC 2019 awards in the Pitch Magazine and have plenty of designs for both sports fans and anyone else. Find them online at CommandeerBrand.com or follow them at Commandeer on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Soft shirts, designed with an edge. Back at it again on the Spoken Podcast for segment number two. I am your host, Lance Twidwell, here inside the KC Beard Co. Studios with my guys Trevor Twidwell Hello. and Eddie Ortiz. Yo, yo, yo. All right, so we just got in talking a little bit. We recapped on the Chiefs-Raiders game of last week, and that, let's just call it a dominating performance from the Chiefs and an underwhelming performance from the Raiders at the same time, which is always uh, something I think we like to we, we enjoy yeah, here in Kansas City. Um, but we're going to move on a little bit and get into some finer details with some current news with the Chiefs leading into this big-time matchup against the New England Patriots. Um, due to the fact that the Chiefs had lost Daryl Williams for the season, they placed him on the IR, um, third-string running back, um, severe hamstring injury, really sucks because I feel like the guy was playing some pretty good football. Mm-hmm. Um, was was definitely, I feel like, really flying under the radar, but always played well when given that opportunity. So it's going to really suck to see him gone. And the fact that Damian Williams seems to still be dealing with a nagging uh, rib injury. The Chiefs brought back a familiar face and a familiar name, and that is one Spencer Ware. Now, I've gotten to know Spencer personally over the last year uh, through other arrangements and businesses, and i got to say, I I love the guy as a person. I'm actually a big fan of Spencer Ware as a football player. I'm not saying he's, you know, a running back one, a guy that, you know, becomes a bell cow for any team. I'm not saying he's that guy. He's but had, I will. He's had success in this offense, though, man. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I, I always go back, and I'm going to go right into the numbers. Um, 2016 was by far Spencer's best season, yeah. um, not as a chief, but just as, as a player. In period, um, and that season he had over 214 rushes, 921 yards, about four point, almost four and a half yards of carry. He had three rushing touchdowns, but he also was incredible in the receiving game mm-hmm. too. He had 33 receptions for 447 mm-hmm. yards, which is almost 14 yards a catch. Um, and then he had a couple touchdowns as well. Last season um, with the Chiefs, I mean, he was nagging, he had, dealing, he had dealt with injuries over the last couple of years, but he had 51 rushes um, for 246 yards, which was almost five yards a carry. Had a couple touchdowns, 
He also caught a lot of the backfield, too. He had 20 catches for 224 yards, which is about 11 or so yards uh, per catch. And uh, for me, it, it, it was a very it was a very common sense move for the Chiefs to make, not just because of the injuries, but because of the fact that I feel like Spencer Ware is the type of running back that you can just bring in, plug and play, knows the offense. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is comfortable with him. Those things right there, if those things check off. He's a it's a slam dunk move, mm-hmm. and I think he automatically makes this offense just that much better. And I think he's a great addition for the current situation the Chiefs are in. With that said, and as I've already stated before, Spencer Ware is not the answer to the running back situation. And if we know anything about the running back situation, I know Trevor said earlier that there is talent there. There's no mm-hmm. doubt about that. I think LaShawn McCoy still got plenty of talent. I think Spencer Ware has got the talent capable of, of, of helping and contributing to this offense. Mm-hmm. There's also Darwin Thompson, and you know, as, as exciting as this situation is with Darwin, let me just address this real quick. Right now, as it currently stands, I know fans love the guy. He's already a fan favorite. He's this little little dude. People even call him a Darwin Sproles, and I, I think it's cool. You know, it's sure. it's cool. It's entertaining. He played well against the Raiders <laughs> again in garbage time, but we need to hold off a little bit for a second. There's a reason why he's not getting the reps, even though the Chiefs have struggled in the run game. And I'm honestly okay with that mm-hmm. because I don't. What I don't want to see is him to be out there too quickly with too much because we've seen players get mentally and physically broken before they were really ready for that opportunity. We have to remember something about Darwin Thompson. This guy comes from Division II football. He has not played enough for us to know what he really is yet. They need to work him into this offense, and I'm okay with him not getting first string reps right now. Mm-hmm. I think they need to wait and hold off and use him. I'm not against him being used. Right. I was excited as hell to see him in the Raiders game, but it was the context of it that I was okay with. It was the fact that the game was already out of reach. There was no pressure on Darwin. That's the kind of stuff he needs to be seeing right now. Right. When the games are out of reach, the game's been decided, let him get his mm-hmm. reps. Let him make this like his preseason right now. And so Although, yes, it is chaotic right now with the running back situation. I feel like the Chiefs have enough still, especially now with Spencer Ware being brought in. They can they can really work the storm down. You know, They can really write it out. And I think that's what the Chiefs are going to do because the run game is not, not what's going to make or break this offense anyway. Right. So just getting your contributing factors back, getting Damian Williams healthy again, <clears throat> Shady McCoy, getting he's going to get the majority of the reps this week. I fully expect that. And I think that Spencer, like I said, plug and play. He's going to get his opportunities. I'm not as worried as some people are about the run game right now. I think Patrick Mahomes, with his mobility, it's going to open up a lot of things. I think the play action RPOs are going to be worked back into this offense a lot more consistently. I'm not worried about it. Trevor, are you worried about it? What's your um, thoughts on my thing? I am worried situation? about it a little bit because RPOs aren't going to be effective unless you actually have a running game that works. you got to get the running game going so they can actually respect it so they don't expect you to pass the ball every damn time. Otherwise, RPO is kind of a joke. Um, so we do need to get the running game going slightly. And I think Spencer Ware is a good addition, not only just for obviously number one reason he's here is depth and the experience in the offense. And him and Mahomes already have shown to have chemistry in the past. Like in the Ravens game last year, he was a big contributor oh, yeah. in the passing oh, game. Yeah. He made that big play, you know, the, uh, that in that wheel route against the Ravens last year. Um, you know, played well. And he and the main reason, I, my favorite thing about the Spencer Ware addition is one, his legs are fresh. He hasn't played all year. He's ready to go. And I, I think the main reason Andy Reid brought him in is because he knows he's going to need him to block. And he that dude is a hell of a block. Yes, thrower. he is. He, can, he knows how to read when blitzes are coming. He knows how to find the guy and meet him in his chest. And that's the kind of guy we need because obviously we don't have a lot of big guys because we lost Daryl, who was our biggest running back. Um, so Spencer 
is you know fairly good sized guy, not the biggest, but he can throw some blocks. Um, so I think that's the main reason is here he's here just to get that little extra layer of protection for Pat to give him you know that extra half a second or whatever. And he to make can a get play. you out of the backfield. And yeah, if he throws a block, rolls out, you know, and 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 Pat chucks it to him, he can make things happen. He's always a really good running back too at making the first guy miss and not getting stood up. He's really good at like moving forward constantly, keeping his feet moving, kind of how Jamal Charles was. Never really gets stood up. He's always moving forward. Even if somebody meets him there, he's moving them forward instead of them pushing him back. Um, so, yeah, I love the Spencer Ware signing. I love uh, just getting a familiar face back. A guy that knows the offense already can immediately go out there. And I think he will contribute this week. I think he will. Because um, I don't trust Darwin Thompson yet. I, like you said, well, yeah, we saw him. But I think he's more – I look at him more as more of a scat back. Um, he's kind of a Chuck Kendrick West 2.0 in my mind right now until he shows otherwise. Yeah. Because um, he's just not, he's just simply not big enough. And I mean, unless he's Darren Sproles, which Darren Sproles is, let's be honest, he's the outlier for exactly. guys that size. Yes. He's the only guy that's had success like that and, and maintained it um, and not got it, not getting hurt. So we got, I, 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 I'm excited about Darwin, but I think we need to like tamper our expectations for sure. Uh, I text you right after the signing. I, I was a little iffy about it. You know, at first I was like, I don't think the Chiefs need a, uh, to sign a running back, unless the the two in, the two Williams are like yeah. those injuries are, are are more serious than what we believe or expect them to be. Um, and then obviously the signing made a little bit more sense then. Uh, but still, I'm not a I'm not a big fan of Spencer Ware myself uh, for the simple fact that he's he's been injured so much that that uh, he he he's not producing as much as I would hope him to produce. Right. Uh, he he's I mean obviously in the sidelines being uh, being hurt most of the time. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, that's why the Colts cut him because he got hurt. If if I'm not mistaken, he wasn't getting much run either way. Yeah, uh, but uh, but uh, he yeah. got hurt, so the the Colts cut him. Mm-hmm. So that that that's the biggest issue I have with him. Yes, he knows the offense. Yes, he he knows the system really well. Yes, he's played great with Mahomes, but how healthy is he? Though yes, uh, he's been out for an entire season. Mm-hmm. That can that can play a play a part against you because you haven't been a, you have been a, oh, away sure. from the game for for so long, you know. So, so your body's not used to those hits, especially at the running back position. Yeah, yeah. you're not used to those hits. Mm-hmm. You know, you gotta you gotta build your body. You gotta build that momentum. So so I don't know if he's gonna use him like as a starter or, or uh, right behind McCoy, yeah, or as a third string. I, I don't, don't know. Yeah. I don't know if he's gonna use him uh, behind Thompson. I don't I, like. I don't. I don't know what Andy Reid plans to do with uh, Spencer Ware. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he just intends to bring him in for those key pass plays yep. against the Patriots. Yep. So, I, I mean, it, it all depends how healthy he is. Uh, obviously, I'm not a I'm not a big fan of the signing, but yeah. it, it, I'll, it is. What I it definitely is. what I see happening is I definitely see them when he's in the when he's on the field, he's either in there to block or both. He's in there to block, and then and after he lays that block, cut out for a, for a screen pass. He's I don't think he's going to be in there banging in between the tackles yet. Uh, he, like you said, his body's probably not ready for that yet. That's going to have to take some reps of practice and get banged around a little bit at practice um, and kind of get his feet wet again. But, yeah, I definitely think he can still – if he catches that ball and he's in, he's in space, Spencer Ware can still make some things happen. Yeah, you, you have to remember it's 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 a lot about familiarity. At this mm-hmm. time of the year, it's about being comfortable with an individual, with yep. a player. And I, I'm not I'm not saying that Spencer Ware – like I, I already you know, had stated it. I don't think he's going to be like this ultimate difference maker. No. But for me, it's I look at this team with or without him, and I'm saying, okay, which would I prefer at this current stature? I would clearly rather have the team with him than without mm. him because of the fact that there is the familiarity, the comfortability, and he can be a contributor in spots. I'm not saying that 
you know, Spencer Ware is going to come in here, like Trevor said, and just, you know, run between the A and B gaps and get you, you know, five and a half yards of carry. That's not going to happen. What is going to happen is what we know to happen with Spencer Ware. He's an incredible pass blocker, and that is av- everything the Chiefs That's need the right now. He's here. Because yeah. the offensive line is struggling really bad to pass protect and to create gaps for the running game. So having that additional protection for Patrick Mahomes, because this, this offense is going to have to run through his arm again, having that additional protection, knowing that he has that behind him and around him and a dump off protector, a guy who's proven himself throughout the years to be able to be a, a, I would say an above average pass catcher for a running back. Yeah. That is one of his strengths to his game is I think that you add all that to this offense I don't see how that's a negative at all. Yes, he has had his struggles. He missed all of 2014 and all of 2017 seasons to leg injuries. Um, And then he missed three games last season. He missed, uh, I believe, uh, two games in 2016 and then had missed uh, six games, five games in uh, uh, 2015. So he has had injury problems. There's no doubt about that. And and there's no justifying or going around it. the only hope that you can have is that that's not going to be something that you encounter with him now. You're not losing a lot of money or anything like that, and there's not a lot of risk to it. That's the good thing about this this particular addition is that let's say Spencer Ware was to go down with said injury, you're right back to where we were before without him, and right. it was the current situation we've had pretty much all season. So I just don't see the negative in bringing back Spencer Ware. There's no think, risk. Yeah, there really is no risk. He's not a long-term answer. He just He's a nice gap fill. He's a good guy. The team likes him a lot. Like I said, Patrick Mahomes likes the dude a lot. Andy Reid trusts him, and I think this is just a good move. And I and, and with the chaos behind Patrick Mahomes in the run game, I mean, it, it, this is only calm to the chaos. Then that's what they need right now. They need more answers than more questions. Well, plus, it's, it's, a, it's a player that was not playing. You know, any any NFL player that has that itch and is not on the field and not being able, you know able to participate in the game they love and their game they're they're you know played their whole life right now he's on a team that has super bowl aspirations and with the coach that he loves and has played for and, and knows really well and these teammates and he knows really he's gonna come out here pumped and ready yeah. to play and that's the thing is that you know you also gotta remember that, that with this league being as unforgiving quite frankly as it is especially at the, his position he plays mm-hmm. and he's 28 years old like he's basically fighting for his career at this point and i want guys like that mm-hmm. i want guys like that on my team because those are the kind of guys that are going to give everything they have to help this team win. If Spen- let's say let's say this week Spencer Ware has a touchdown, a key touchdown in this game against the Patriots, that's going to get other teams looking at him. Whether he's 28 or 22, that's your resume. You're going to see, "Oh, man. Spencer Ware had 70 70 total yards and a touchdown against the Patriots, that defense in his first game back." Maybe we'll talk to him in this offseason. See, there's a lot of possibilities, and that's what Spencer's looking at. That's what any guy would be looking at. It's yeah. for an opportunity. To stay in this league, make money, do what you love. He loves this game. I, I like I said, I, I think it works for everybody. I think it's a it's a great addition for both sides. I'm a fan of it. So until I'm proven otherwise, I, I'm a hundred percent behind this, and I think it only helps this team and this offense for sure. to move forward. So we're gonna leave that right there. But let's segue to something else because this this one, I really don't get this this whole thing. It's, it's been kind of an undertone, if you will, uh, with sports media in Kansas City. I've been listening. Obviously, I listen to radio all day, every day. You know, I want to hear what you know what's going on and what people's thoughts are in, in Kansas City when it comes to all things Chiefs. And something I've been hearing a lot lately is it's almost as if people think that Travis Kelsey is underperforming this season. <laughs> no, I'm not. I know that sounds funny, but yeah, it's yeah. actually it's, this is an actual narrative. 
you know, na- league-wide, nationwide, people consider him the best tight end in football. You know, George Kittle's up there. Zach Ertz is up there. But I think everybody – there's a kind of a consensus agreement. He hasn't stayed on the field all year either. Yeah, but there's a consensus agreement that yeah. Travis Kelsey's the best. He's the, he is the cream of the crop Especially when it comes to tight ends. Yeah. But in Kansas City, for some weird reason, because of the fact that – you know, the team the, – and this is, again, what I was talking about earlier about the 2018 to 2019 comparisons. Because of the fact that, you know, he doesn't already have eight touchdowns like he did at this point of last season, right. people are automatically freaking out. Well, let me let me give you guys a little bit of a, a, of a situation when it comes to his actual performance, when it comes to uh, uh, statistics. Kelsey – Travis Kelsey is currently on pace to have 90 receptions. 1,232 yards, which would be only 100 and few, 104 fewer yards than he had last season, which was his career high in 2018. Mm-hmm. And he's set to have five touchdowns, which would be second all time or third all time in his career at this and point. First now, the touchdown total, yeah, and he'd be the first tight end to have four, four, straight, years. four straight years of 1,000 yards, which would automatically, in my opinion, put him in the Hall of Fame. He's I think that's in the Hall of Fame. 77 player. yards away. Yeah. 77 yeah. yards away, exactly. Now the tight the to- the touchdown totals I won't defend or excuse because the I had a dude before the season we talked on our prediction show I had the, I had Travis Kelsey scoring fifteen yeah, yeah, touchdowns. That all goes down to back to Pat though. Yeah, but losing Patty for right. ten quarters, which is two and a half games, right? Uh, it's going to hurt those numbers a little bit. And Tyreek, and Tyreek, you know, the, the fact yeah that he's been double covered almost every single game this week it makes things a little bit tougher. Right. And matters, let's be real, the Chiefs have not been a very good team in the red zone, right. and that's where Travis Kelsey has flourished, especially over the last couple seasons. He hasn't really got too many targets in the red zone. Exactly, We've been trying to run it and get cute in the red zone too much this year. But the, the question is, it's a lot like the Patrick Mahomes question. Am I worried about Travis Kelsey? Has he lost a step? I've heard I saw somebody post that on Twitter tonight. Has he lost a step? No, <laughs> no. Like we, we look. I can't believe I'm the one that's telling people to calm down mm-hmm. because I'm the one that's always, you know, jumping to conclusions yeah. and getting all freaked out about everything. But we need to calm down about this. Travis Kelsey is having an All Pro season. Ninety receptions, twelve hundred plus yards, and five touchdowns is an All Pro season for any tight end. Mm-hmm. That that would be one of Gronkowski's greatest seasons of his He's career. Been the most consistent offensive weapon on this team this year, by far, by far, by far. Yeah. Every single He's week, every week, every single week, the man is is averaging six, seven catches right. for seventy to ninety yards. You need a first down. He's one of those guys that can just go get you with with an, with an offense that has struggled so much with injuries and, and a tough schedule and all the other things. There, like Trevor just said, there has been one consistent piece. It's Travis Kelsey. Mm-hmm. I don't like look at most look at most situations in the NFL. Tight ends benefit off the run game almost more than any other position because they get the play action fakes and they get those 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 seam routes, those little dump offs, the quick curl routes, the quick curl routes. Yep. You know what I mean? All the tight ends flourish on on, on a successful run game. Mm-hmm. Travis Kelsey doesn't have that. I know we just segued on you know Spencer Ware coming to Kansas City and the chaos and ensuing and all these other things, but Travis Kelsey has not benefited off that. He had. You notice Travis Kelsey was projecting to have the greatest season we've ever seen a tight end have when Kareem Hunt was here, right? He was absolutely bowling when Kareem Hunt was here. His numbers started to dip when Kareem Hunt got cut. After week 11, go look at it. His numbers were still good, and his numbers are still really good. But with Kareem Hunt, Travis Kelsey was absolutely – I mean, he was on an absolute tear. There were multiple games. He was catching multiple touchdowns. The the Steelers game, the the, the Browns game, like – Cream Hunt was almost on that on that team, yeah. so we need to relax a little bit and actually appreciate what Travis Kelsey's done, despite the fact that he hasn't had the talent that he's used to having at least over the last sixteen months. We need to appreciate what he's given us because he's given us a lot. 
He's given us more than any other tight end could give us right now in the NFL. You put George Kittle in this offense right now, he's not giving you nine, on pace for 90 receptions for 1,200-plus yards. No. It's and, not and, happening. And, and that's when he's the number one target in his offense. Exactly. When George Kittle's the number one target in, the, in that offense. He's still he's still getting opportunities by Kelsey. Are you guys worried at all about Travis Kelsey? Eddie, go ahead. Worried as in like uh, – do, do you feel like he's lost a step or he's not performing to the level that you'd like to see our – all pro tight end play. I don't think he's lost a step. I mean, look at him. Like I said, he's 77 yards away from having his fourth consecutive. Still got four 1, games to go. Yeah, yeah. for <laughs> having his uh, fourth consecutive 1,000 yard season. I mean, I don't, I don't see that as underperforming at all. I'm, he's obviously the only one to do that. So that tells you that he's overperforming other tight ends. Mm-hmm. There's no underperforming. Yes, you look at 2018, but you look at 2018 as a whole, right? And the entire Chiefs. Are underperforming in in that in that category because yes, 2018 they were out there just throwing points, throwing points, mm-hmm. throwing points. Uh, but uh, yeah, there's I don't see the underperforming at all. I don't I, I don't see Tra- Travis Kelsey being not Travis Kelsey. Uh, he's having great numbers. Uh, he might not have the touchdowns everybody predicted, but he's still being a big part of this offense. He. That, that hasn't changed at all. But that's like Patrick Mahomes loves him as a target, you know? But like, what was it against the, uh, was it the Raiders? They had the fucking catch, like, he jumped mm-hmm. super high and did, caught the ball for like 12. It was like a 12 yard gain, but it was like a 20 yard throw. Uh, so, yes, he's still, he's still a big part of this offense. There's nothing changed, and Travis Kelsey's just still being Travis Kelsey. He just might not have the touchdowns. Travis Kelsey is one of the most dominant weapons in the NFL, period, not just on the Chiefs. I mean, you go watch Bill, Bill, Bill Belichick's presser before uh, heading into this next matchup. He's talking about Kelsey more than any other weapon, even more than Tyreek Hill, because he's already shown he can shut down Tyreek Hill. I know Travis Kelsey's never really performed well against the Patriots because they just they know how to defend our number two, our two top weapons pretty well. Um but Travis Kelsey is just one of those guys that every team fears heading in. It is a mismatch for every linebacker core out there. There's not a linebacker that can hold him one on one. And safeties. That's why, yes. Well, the, yeah, that, but the, usually they have to big. bracket, they usually have to bracket him almost every no matter who they're facing. It's rare you see it just a one on one linebacker or a safety on Kelsey. It rarely happens. And if it does happen, usually nine times out of ten, he's catching a pass and he's getting you 10, nine to ten yards. He's been the most reliable weapon for, for Patrick Mahomes pretty much in his entire career so far. Um, he's been the go-to guy when we really need a big play, a big-time catch where Kelsey or Pat can throw it up there and expect him to go get. I know Tyreek can get up, get up there and get it too, but Kelsey's been that that willing body to sacrifice himself and, and jump up and get a ball and get to the sticks. Um, so yeah, I mean, me and you, you know, just you know, Lance, that Kelsey is my guy. I've always been a big tight end guy. Gonzalez was my guy growing up, and then Kelsey kind of just got took the torch and has always been my guy since he's been in the league. Um, as far as him losing his step, I mean, I watched I watched the games. The eye test tells me that's obviously false. This is just – I think this is more just like a a, a, a Twitter conversation because people just need something to talk about because they're, they're trying to figure out why the offense isn't what it is. And just, the context is everything, man. We're not – we haven't had the consistency this year with anything offensively. Um, it's, it's taken our defense having to surprise us and finally come around to being a good defense – um, to win some games for us, which has been nice. But our offense has just been – we've been consistently miss, missing pieces. We haven't had the chemistry with a lot of the guys because we haven't had a lot of the guys together. Yeah. Um, Tyreek succeeded a ton last year, had a huge year because of Kelsey, and Kelsey likewise had a big year because of 
a lot of the games, games like you said, with Kareem Hunt and because of Tyreek, they all benefited off each other because they all could – I mean, every snap last year, the defenses opposing us had to figure out who they were going to try to stop that play. You can, There was never an entire game where one of those guys is like truly was getting shut down outside of the Patriots game. Teams had to juggle each snap like, okay, who we got? who's going to get bracketed? Who's going to get our number one corner? And if the number one corner is on Tyreek – doesn't necessarily mean you're going to stop Tyreek or vice versa. If your number one safety is going to be shadowing Travis Kelsey, doesn't mean it's going to stop him entirely. They all bended off each other as a collective group. We haven't had that this year because we haven't had that banger in the backfield and our running game hasn't been existent really at all. Pat's been banged up. So it's just a lot of con- contextual issues that we need to under- take into consideration yeah. with this year. Um, so it's, and his numbers speak for themselves. I mean, everyone's thinking he has a down year and he's on pace to break a record. It's just, it, I the guy alone. Man. Chiefs, the guy's I, will, I, will, out there. I will say the Chiefs fans, we don't get spoiled often with a lot. I mean, we've had more heartbreak than anything else. Uh, ask our guy Shaggy Shane. He can tell you all by memory. Mm. Um, but there is one thing that we have been spoiled with, and it has been tight ends. It has been running backs. Yeah, healthy, consistent we've, tight ends. We've yep. had two Hall of Fame tight ends back-to-back. Yep. It's, it's like the Packers with quarterbacks. You know, you go from Brett Favre for 17 years to now Aaron Rodgers for 14. You have literally 30-plus years of all-pro quarterback play every single year. The Chiefs, for the better part of 20-plus seasons, almost 20 almost twenty seasons of all-pro tight end play. That's incredible. And we've been spoiled by that. And I think that we've almost gotten accustomed to what Travis Kelsey brings to the table every single year. Even with Alex Smith. Guy was putting up top tier numbers amongst all tight ends competitively. Yeah, Gronk was putting up better numbers because he had a better quarterback. He was more of a primary target in their offense. Travis Kelsey has been the most consistent. Trevor said. Trevor just said it. One of the best weapons in the entire NFL. For you to be able to be that for you know all the years he had with Alex Smith, and then the one full season he's had with Tra- Patrick Mahomes, put up one of the greatest seasons we've ever seen a tight end put up. He's putting up wide receiver one numbers. I just think just tied in one numbers. I think we're getting. I think we've just gotten a little spoiled as a fan base with because this is a Twitter conversation. Like I said, the majority of it's been on there, but I heard it on local radio today too. I heard people talking about, well, is Travis ever going to get that breakout game? No, because he's consistent. There are no breakout games with guys that play great all the time. Right? There's not that you're. If you're waiting for a breakout game, you're looking for the wrong thing. Admire consistency. That's what makes players great, not the single individual games or moments. Mm-hmm. We're so fixated on that stuff instead of seeing what he brings to the table every single damn week. Is he going to have some drops here and there that are going to piss you off? Oh. Like we saw last week, yes. And I was very pissed with but, those. I mean, granted, the last this last game against the Raiders it was it was freaking cold as hell, and it was a lot of wind. But there was a couple that went through his hands, and it's easy to have stone hands when it's freezing cold out there like that. But no excuses, you know. Yeah. He's going to have he's, some. He's got to catch things. that shit. But the dude has done nothing but improve, not only personality-wise, but yeah. skill set-wise every season. Because he, we all knew he was a hot-headed dude, constantly getting us in trouble, constantly shooting our, our team in the foot with his antics earlier on in his career. And he's done nothing but mature and change that, and he's become a, yeah. an absolute pillar for this offense. Petty, Petty, Petty fixed that for him, so... You know, once you give <laughs> well, yourself that, a superstar quarterback decision too, to, know, to, to have some self-awareness to change that. Well, that's where we're going to leave it. Uh, obviously, any topic we talk about, we'd love to hear from you guys uh, regarding what we addressed. So feel free to comment when we post this below um, on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, if you have a thought or an opinion on any of these topics we discuss, um, definitely, definitely share that with us. Do not hesitate. Speaking of that. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to get to the Monday mailbag. We're going to get your guys' thoughts, your topics, your takes, your opinions, your questions. 
and we're going to discuss them amongst ourselves at the roundtable. We'll get back to all that after this. Casey Hemp Company, your most trusted CBD provider in Kansas City, shipping nationwide, ancient plant for a new age health. Follow them on Facebook and Instagram at Casey Hemp Co. Back at it again on the Spoken Podcast for segment number three. I am your host, Lance Twidwell, here inside the Casey Beard Co. Studios with my guys, Trevor Twidwell. What's cracking? And Eddie Ortiz. Yo, yo, yo. So we have covered a lot so far, guys. We've still got some stuff to go to, though, because we, as promised, as we do every single week now, we go to the Monday Mailbag, where we give you guys the opportunity to take the platform, take the floor, and, and give us your guys' takes, your discussions, your debates, your opinions, you your questions, whatever you got for us. Oh. Send it to us. So get on Facebook. Join us on The Spoken. Uh, it's a group. We'll invite you in, and uh, you can post it every single week. Every Monday, we give you guys that opportunity. And on uh, Twitter, The Spoken Pod, go on there and do that as well. So, Eddie, what do we got tonight, man? Okay. What the first question comes from none other than myself. Oh, hi, Eddie Ortiz. Yeah, Thanks for contributing. Yeah, appreciate time, it. Anytime. <laughs> Taking the floor from the people. I really appreciate that. Hey, 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 go hey, ahead. I, I want this question. Because Eddie clearly doesn't have enough airtime as it is. You I know, know. Like, take more, Eddie. I, I will speak up. Here lot. you go. Here's be a soccer question. Here's it some is, attention. It's a soccer question. Okay. Fuck. Uh, <laughs> ask yourself the question. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So my question is, with the loss to the Texans, have the Patriots lost the Super Bowl contenders tag? Why or why not? Well, first of all, Eddie Ortiz, thank you so much for the question. Uh, We really appreciate you taking the time. Feel free to do this whenever you feel like it. (laughs) Just glad to be here. Maybe one of these days he'll join us on the show. Um, (laughs) To answer the question, though, um, no, I don't feel like the Patriots have lost that contender, Super Bowl contender title as far as could they get to the Super Bowl, could they win it. I don't think that's gone. Has it dissipated? Yes, absolutely. Has it been watered down? Yes. The Patriots are not – and this is what we're going to talk about them in a little bit. The, the Patriots are not what we once thought they were or what they once were. They they have been the greatest dynasty in American sports history, more than the Yankees, more than oh, any other far. franchise. Yeah. 20 years of dominance. You cannot ignore that. But it is a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately type of, uh, of, of uh, league in sport. We cannot base everything off the merits of your past. You cannot rest on your laurels. Right. This team right now as currently stands, in my opinion, is the fourth best team in the AFC. Now, luckily for the Patriots, the AFC is not good. There's a few good teams, and then it drops off the fucking seat. Like, it, it, it's right here on the table, and it just falls right to the ground, man. Like, literally, it's like knocking this beer over right now. That's It's that bad. It's really good teams, some really, really good teams that are Super Bowl contenders, and then everybody else. Yeah. So, no, they still have that right. They still have that place. But they are not the top dog. They are not the cream of the crop. They are not the class of the AFC so anymore. They're, they're not the team to beat. No, they are not. Absolutely not. No, they, they don't. I mean, in my mind, they're still a, a Super Bowl contender because they've they've proven that year in, year out. And I'm not going to count them out until they show me that they're not that team anymore. I have to see it first no, no, to know that's even a possibility because every single year, they're right there. I mean, it's just I, I can't do it yet. And I don't want to be the guy that looks like an ass. Again, when we count the Patriots out, here they go, making that stretch. You know, that run at the end of the year in the playoffs, and then, you know, they pull something out of their ass or something breaks their way, go figure. I'm not going to be that guy yet. I got to see it happen first so I can actually have that as a possibility. But if they do lose to the Ravens, the Texans, and then they lose to us, all three of the other big dogs of the AFC, Buffalo, if Buffalo beats the Ravens, the Buff- Buffalo has the same record as the Pats. 
But Buffalo has a chance to to take over that division, and they could be the number one seed. That they is a the, possibility. They the, yeah, there's still. still a chance they could become the. If the Ravens one lose game one behind. game, they're only one game behind. The yeah, Pats. let's say the Ravens lose to the Bills and yeah. the Bills beat the Patriots, they could become the one seed. That's how crazy that the is NFC a possibility. Is. It still happens. So I'm, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like that could still happen. Yeah, and if that happens, if we beat them, which I we'll get there. <laughs> uh, uh, that is a possibility, man. And that happens. That is a eye-opening thing for us to see if the Bills ever took over that division, which and, will be amazing. And not just losing to the the uh, Ravens, Texans, and Chiefs, right. but losing to them in five games. Yeah, They beat the Eagles and Cowboys in between. And not winning their division. But to lose that. How long, how many years it's been. And a cluster of time when, when the Patriots have been notorious for peaking at this time of the year. Right. Like everyone talks about, oh, they don't lose at home in December. Mm-hmm. They have an opportunity this week to either prove that, that it's still true, or – yeah, times have really changed. So right. I think Trevor and I are both saying is yes, they still have the opportunity to win a Super Bowl. Yeah, I got to see them. But they got a lot of work to do. Yeah. Thank yeah. You, thank you. Oh, uh, no problem, Eddie. <laughs> Next question. question comes from Billy Hodge, uh, and his question is: When do you think we will see more of Darwin Thompson? Okay. Well, thank you so much for the question, Billy. I really appreciate it, man. Um, look, we talked about it earlier. Um, I think at this current time, and things can change in the NFL very fast. Um, you know, guys get their opportunities and they they flourish, or some just disappear, or some just kind of are just mediocre. I don't know what to expect with Darwin at this point. I don't think, according to the running backs coach, Andy Reid even came to him when he got Darwin in the game and asked him why is he in the game because Andy wasn't expecting, even though it was a complete blowout, he didn't know that Darwin was going to get his opportunity even in that game. So that that tells me that Andy doesn't really have any plans in the near future of putting Darwin in a position to actually be a key contributor to this offense. All the more reason for why I feel that way, Spencer Ware just got signed. I feel like if they felt confident that Darwin was ready for the big stage and to get 15-plus touches a game, they wouldn't have went and signed Spencer Ware. They would just stuck with Darwin and LaShawn McCoy and just kind of saw what things got with Darwin with uh, Damian Williams getting back in the next couple weeks. I, I don't think that Darwin is in any way, shape or form in a position to contribute to this team this season. I could be wrong and I'm more than glad to be wrong. And I know a lot of Chiefs fans, probably Billy included, really would like to see him do some things because he is a fan favorite, and I get that. And in a city like Kansas City, once you become a fan favorite, man, people really want to see you get an opportunity. I saw that with the Royals, with like Gerard Dyson, you know, guys like that, you know, that weren't the greatest players, but the fans loved him and they gave everything they had. I think Darwin's that kind of guy. But do I? What do I know about him as a player right now? What do we know him about him as a player right now? We don't. Right. So I'm just gonna. Kind of let this one play out, and I just don't think that he's going to be getting a lot of touches at this point. So yeah, he's a fan favorite because of preseason big time plays. Uh, we've seen that before with guys like Dexter McCluster and, and, and other players, you know, of the sort um, that are smaller, lighter guys that have big. Play. I do like the kid. I think he could, like I said, I, I'm comparing him to Charkander Quest because he hasn't even shown as much as Charkander West showed in big time plays. Charkander Char- West has made big plays for us in big time games. Um, I don't expect to see much of him down the stretch, if I'm being honest. I do think Spencer Ware is going to come in and get more action than he did. The only reason I think he got the, the the drive that he did against the Raiders to close out the game, because one, the game was out of hand. Two, his coach, uh, his high school coach uh, had passed. Or was his high school coach or college coach, I think? I, I, one of his, one of his coaches, I think, it was, I think it was his high school coach, um, had passed that day of the game. And I really think that they knew the game was out already. We already had the game, you know, out of hand. And and Damian or uh, yeah, Damian Williams was hurt, and Daryl Williams was hurt. Um, so we didn't have any other bodies really to go out there and finish the game. So I think it was kind of a combination of all those things, kind of the perfect fit for him to go out there and just kind of see if they can get him a score. You know, kind of raise his spirits a little bit by losing one of his, you know, his um, youth coaches. 
because uh, he had found out earlier that morning, I think. So it was kind of like a, a lifting of the spirits kind of thing. The game was already over. Yeah. We let him go ice the game. It was kind of a cool moment. But I don't, as far as a talent and trustworthy players, I think Spencer Ware is still going to be above him in that in that pecking order. So cool. Cool. thanks for the question, Billy. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> Next question comes from Adam Solomons. And the question is How do you think the Russian attack has been going? Do, do you think we should sign someone? And obviously that question got answered. Yeah, we kind of touched on that already. If they're asking, yeah, if they're asking for the offensive side, I, th- I thought maybe that he was talking maybe about the defensive side, yeah, like, like rush attack, like attacking I think the running the offensive, backs. Offensive, okay. Yeah. yeah, offensively. And thanks for the question again. It was, you said his name is Anthony? Adam. Adam. Okay, well, thank you so much for the question, Adam. Um, yeah, I, I feel like, yeah, Spencer Ware is going to be that one addition. Um I think now it's just going to be about guys getting healthier. I think once Damian Williams gets healthy, he's going to get back into the fold. And then you're looking at a LaShawn McCoy, Damian Williams, Spencer Ware trifecta, if you will, which actually could be an upgrade because although I did like Daryl Williams a lot, I also really like Spencer Ware, and he knows this offense even better than than Daryl Williams. Mm -hmm. So um, it might actually be a blessing in disguise for what happens in the next month or so. Yeah, I mean, uh, our running game has pretty much been what I expected, really, to be honest with you, coming in outside of – actual running on the ground we, we were known to run through the air um and i was kind of that's what i was kind of expecting having lighter bodies in the backfield this season so and the the higher the the bringing in of lashawn mccoy i expected a little more production which we haven't had too much but lashawn has played well when he's been on the he's been getting the opportunities if you give him 10 15 ke- or rushes he's performed pretty well outside of the fumbles um i think he's averaging five plus almost five yards of carry so i mean i the guy's playing well um i do expect the running game actually to be a little more potent as we move forward i think we're going to try to get it together and kind of grind out these games and be as healthy as we can possibly heading into the postseason um but yeah as far as the overall production it hasn't been the greatest but it's kind of what i expect i, I expect this office to run through the air a lot so yeah cool okay thanks for the question adam next question comes from chris pepler what types of secret plays or schemes would you like to see andy or and Spags pull out of their pull out for the patriots game Okay. Um, thanks for the question. Um, if it's a secret, how would I know? <laughs> I mean, I, look, I, I definitely do think that Andy and Spags have a little extra that they're oh, they're yeah. waiting for this game. I do think I'm not one of those people that believes that. Well, I think they've just been holding back for the last 13 weeks. No, I don't think that's the case because everyone has film on Patrick Mahomes. Everyone has film on this offense already. It's not like you can hold this entire playbook behind and they're like, okay, it's week 14 Patriots. We got this new playbook. No, <laughs> it's going to be similar plays that we've already seen this season and the seasons before. But Andy is is famous for tinkering and giving this one little extra wrinkle in it that you didn't see the last time you saw that play, if that makes sense. Uh, Spags is definitely. I I expect if you're asking me what I'm what I think Spags is going to bring to this particular game, I think Spags is going to just repeat everything we've seen the last few teams do, which is just bring the house, make Tom Brady as uncomfortable as possible, make because if you've watched anything Tom Brady's done this season, he has been he's been so like he's been Peyton Manning times a thousand when it comes to actual pressure in the pocket. Peyton Manning was famous for whenever like. A guy would break through the middle of the offensive line. He'd just fall. He ain't taking the hit. Tom Brady's been the exact same way. He just pretzels down, falls down, and just gives up, takes the sack. I fully expect Spagnuolo, Spagnuolo in a lot of ways, has had Tom Brady in this offense's number since 2007, the 2007 Super Bowl. Right. Um, I expect there to be a lot of aggressive-style plays, some hidden blitzes, some safety blitzes, some corner blitzes, uh, really getting – 
you know, to Brady, even if they're not sacking him, they're going to be getting, they're going to be touching him, and they're going to be making sure that he feels the pressure constantly. But I do think the Andy Reid on the offensive side, there are going to be a couple things that we see, like, damn, dude, that was that was creative. We haven't seen that a lot this season, but a lot of it also is circumstantial because of the injuries and and, and the offense not being able to click to this point of the season. I just, I just wish uh, Andy uses uh, Meikle and Tyreek. You know, oh, we'll, we'll be getting to that in a second. That. So, we'll get into that in a second. so the question was defensively, though, right? No, it's, both, uh, both. Yeah, like what, like secret plays or schemes? Yeah, I think, I think we're gonna actually. Okay, I'll say offensively. I think we're gonna see a lot more um, horizontal plays as far as like lateral plays. A lot of like more end round plays, and you know, because the, the the Patriots linebackers are not fast. They're not they're speed not. guys. They're hard, heavy hitting guys. And they're good at batting balls down and things like that. But as far as like them trying to catch Tyreek on an end route, good luck. Or Those guys, yeah, or McColl, yeah, or doing a double end round, you know, fake or a double fake and let Pat, you know, chuck it downfield to Kelsey or something like that. I can see us mixing up a lot of things at the line of scrimmage, which is what I want. And what I've wanted to see all year, I haven't seen enough of it, to be honest. Um, but the def- defensive side of it, I absolutely see us having some nasty packages, blitz packages, especially getting the safeties in there to blitz. Between Mon Thornhill and, and Matthew, I think Matthew's going to want to go hit uh, uh, Tom Brady. I think it's going to happen. I think Tom Brady definitely in that offensive line struggle against stopping safety blitzes. Uh, and I think we're going to do a really good way of disguising it. And even Derek Carr talked about it in his presser. He's like, I didn't think the Chiefs did much different as far as what they ran, even with Bob Sutton. <laughs> but the way that, but the most important thing he said is how we disguised it. Did you listen to the actual quote though when he said what he said? He said they didn't do anything different, but he breaks it down how it was completely different. But I am seeing what he's saying. He's saying as far as they're set, when you're looking at the defense, he's saying the sets are, are look similar as far as they don't look different. But when yeah. the play breaks down, he's they, still we, we disguise it to be something totally different, which is not what Bob Sutton was good at. He would, What you saw was what you were going to get. Yeah. Bob Sutton's putting something out there that you're seeing, and it's actually not what you're, what you're thinking is going to be. That's, it's, it's about disguising. That's what Spags is so good at. But the X factor for me heading into this game defensively is Brendan Daly because Brendan Daly was the defensive or the uh, defensive line coordinator for the Pats for years. So he's going to have that insight. You know he's going to want to get up for this game. And him having a Chris Jones, him having a, you know, a, Trevor's a, a been reading Frank, my notes. A Frank Clark. I'm just saying, dude, yeah. I know we'll get into that game more. This is this, this but. That's talking. That's gonna be that's gonna be, that's gonna be the X factor for me, man. I'm excited. Notes, notes gate over here. Yeah, so notes gate. Question, yeah. No, next question before you guys keep on talking about patience. <laughs> before the next cat segment. is out of the bag, bro. Yes. yes. Next question comes from uh, Ruben Martinez. Oh, right, our guy Ruben, the weekly. Ruben, <laughs> the weekly. Uh, his question is: What are your thoughts on Orlando Scandrick's recent comments about the Chiefs on undisputed? He a bitch. Look, man. Um, R.I.P. I, I think I think you guys know me well enough, especially you know Trev's kind of known me his entire life a little bit. I try to be a pretty nice guy and 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 try to hear people out. And I feel like there's a lot of times people are misunderstood. That is not this situation. Orlando Scandrick has a real problem of making himself look like a fucking clown. And he's so good at it. He's so good. Like he's not good on TV. He's not good at trolling. But or, he's, he's really or good at football. Yeah. He's or football. Yeah. yeah. Like I actually tweeted that. Out. I said Orlando's one of the few guys, few athletes that was equally bad at playing the sport and talking it. Usually you're one or the other. Usually you're really good at talking the sport and you sucked, like Jesse Palmer. And then you have guys that were really good at a sport, like Michael Jordan who's terrible. If you try to break the game down analytically or build a team with Michael Jordan, you can't do it. So 
Skandrick's both. <laughs> and all he did today, I, I, I mean, we can talk about it, I guess, about what took place on that show because I did watch the entire thing multiple times to make sure that I was actually seeing this in reality. This wasn't just some gaff or some joke. I mean, it's it's embarrassing. I actually felt embarrassed for him because of what he was saying because none of it may actually like, – it didn't make sense. I, I, my fanhood aside or my, my loyalty to Patrick Mahomes aside – it didn't even make sense what he was saying. Like he made it so easy for Shannon Sharp that it almost felt like Shannon didn't even have to say what he had to say because Orlando made it the point himself. Starting out by saying that you know Patty took the loss and he's about to be zero and three and threes threes a group instead of threes a company. He didn't even know the reference. He's a fucking idiot. And th- th- then Shannon, I mean, he just lobs it up for him. It was like Chris Paul in two thousand twelve to, to Blake Griffin. It <laughs> was so city. like you're, you're just lobbing it up for Shannon. Shan- All Shannon had to do was say when. Patrick walked off that field the last time. Were you guys leading or were you losing? Well, we were winning. Oh, so what happened? Well, the defense. <laughs> you you idiot. And see, here's the thing. Here's the funniest part of all of it. No one's even talking about. I've not seen one person mention this part. You guys know where Orlando Skandrick was that entire game? On the bench. Yeah. Dude wasn't even playing. He did get benched. He didn't even play in the uh, fucking game. And he's sitting here talking. Salty ass. Talking like, yeah, carry this L. Motherfucker, you hold this L. You weren't even playing in the game. And you want to sit here and talk shit on the MVP that gave you two different leads? After being down 14 nothing in the first half? Man, fuck you. Like, you're whore. You I, Go away. Yeah. You're so lucky that you have a model girlfriend that keeps you relevant. Like, it's so fucking sad, man. It's so fucking sad. Like I'm gonna give Trevor the floor on this one, but this uh, I can't believe what I heard today. It was an, uh, it was so bad he made Skip Bayless look logical. Yeah, when does that happen? Yeah, Skip Bayless was kind of like looking at him like what? Like bro, you can't be troll out trolling the troll here. <laughs> he did. Yeah, I just uh, I don't have much to say. Dude's a bitch. I don't understand why he's even on. They even have him on TV. He's trying to get a job doing that, but uh, it's probably not gonna last. The guy is out there trying to troll. Patrick Mahomes, the, the the reigning MVP, as if he was the cause for any negative correlation to any of the games or the outcomes. So yeah, I mean, if that's not someone who deserves to hold it L, I mean, that, I mean, that game was an absolute representation of the 2018 Chiefs. Absolutely, and and, he's he's just carrying it over to his. In own all their primetime games and losses, yeah. the Chiefs almost gave up 37 points a game. And Skandrick wasn't even good enough to stay on that team to be a starter in that defense. Yeah. It's it's painful when you watch people that are so ignorant. So ignorant that they're confident in their ignorance. Yeah, that that's exactly what's happening like, on that show. Orlando Skandrick looks like Josie Otto if he made all the wrong decisions in life. <laughs> that's a good call. Fuck that guy. Yeah. All right, let's move on. Thanks. So, uh, we have any other questions, or is that? Yeah, it? that was the last. Thank one. you, Ruben. That was a great question. Wait, Everybody, thank you. We really appreciate you guys all the questions, especially Eddie Ortiz for contributing. You know, <laughs> big time. Um, yeah, every Monday, guys. Monday mailbag on Facebook and on Twitter at the Spoken Pod and at the Spoken on Facebook. Give us what you got, man. We love that. We love interacting with you guys. We always look forward to it every single week. And that's where we're going to leave it. So we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to get into the final two segments of the night. Chiefs, Patriots, the showdown. Third, maybe final time of the Patrick Mahomes-Tom Brady matchup. We'll see what happens. Do we feel like the Chiefs have the upper hand in this matchup? We'll get back to that after this. Visit Local Foundry in downtown Lee Summit. Eastern Jackson County's biggest selection of local made and inspired goods. They carry apparel, jewelry, prints, decor, and more. The store is also filled with various vintage finds. Come and see us on Market Street. 
back at it again on the Spoken Podcast for segment number four. I am your host, Lance Twidwell, here inside the KC Beard Go Studios with my guys, Trevor Twidwell and Eddie Ortiz. Yo, yo, yo. All right. Here you go, boys. Oh, Lance is taking out his notes, meaning he has a lot to Lance, say. Lance is currently stretching right now. Oh, oh. I'm, 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 I'm greasing up. Yeah. I'm greasing up for this no one. You I got my icy hot. I was going to eat a pretzel. Feeling, feeling strong. Feeling small, icy hot. I'm carved <laughs> up. <laughs> I got petroleum jelly in case of emergencies. <laughs> the Chiefs will beat the Patriots on Sunday afternoon. Yes, sir. Fuck being scared of the Patriots. Their offense is awful. Their defense is overrated, and the Chiefs absolutely should win this game. I'll say this. I haven't felt this confident about a Chiefs win against a playoff team all season. I'm dead serious. The only thing I'm nervous about is Andy's mentality and approach in this game. If the Chiefs don't beat themselves, they're going to win. It's really that simple. We're so fixated on the the name of the current team they're facing. This current Patriots team is no longer the team of the past, as I mentioned before. Mm -hmm. This current Patriots team cannot trade blows with the Chiefs offense, even if the Chiefs offense has their struggles, and they have had their struggles. The difference at quarterback, wide receiver, and tight end is immense. It is an extreme disadvantage for the Patriots in all three regards. Furthermore, the Chiefs defense has improved dramatically since the AFC Championship of 2018. The Patriots offense has gotten far worse. I like this matchup, in New England or not. The Raiders game was important because of what I mentioned before. The Chiefs needed to reestablish themselves in the AFC elite. Now this Patriots game is just as important to show that this team once and for all established themselves to the class of the AFC. A few little facts that we need to know about the Patriots defense because of the fact that, yes, they are very good and they deserve some credit. Because regardless of who they're playing, it is still NFL teams, and you have to give them that much respect. The Patriots are currently first and fewest touchdown passes allowed with only eight, and first in interceptions with 20. They allowed four touchdown passes to Lamar Jackson and Deshaun Watson slash DeAndre Hopkins because he did throw that little option play and forced zero interception both those games. They have Patrick Mahomes this week. Let me ask you guys a question, and it is rhetorical, obviously, because I'm still ranting. What scares you about this current Patriots team? Not the 2001 through 2018 Patriots, the 2019 Patriots. What scares you about them? Are you supposed to answer this? No, rhetorical. Rhetorical, Rhetorical, Farley. No, I'm sorry. sorry. (laughs) Because I I have to challenge something that most and everybody is just blindly accepts still to this very day. Tom Brady isn't a greater quarterback in the playoffs than he is in the regular season. He's not a great quarterback anymore. These are two misconceptions that I'm seeing people still buying into. Bottom five in the league. Everybody keeps talking about, oh, well, he'll just turn it on. Oh, it's still Tom Brady. I've even heard guys I respect immensely, like Therese Paler. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm not betting against Tom Brady. Why not? We're still acting as if, what we do here is we romanticize what the Patriots have been. Not what they currently are. We romanticize Tom Brady. Not for what he is, but what he used to be. I'm so sick of hearing people suggesting that Tom Brady turns into some superhero in the playoffs or late into the season. It's just not true. Mm -hmm. 
Show me the last season in which Brady played is this awful and then became something far greater when the playoffs came around. Show me a single season. I don't know one. This is what I'm talking about in regards to being more afraid of the name and not the current team. The Patriots aren't a scary team by any means, and it's not hard to see that fact. Look past the rings. Look past their past. Now, the Chiefs can't overlook them because the Chiefs are the Chiefs can't overlook them. That's the point of what I'm trying to make in all this. Yes, you don't need to be afraid of them, but you can't overlook them. You have to still respect them. But at the same time, the Chiefs are a terrible match of the Patriots, and the only way I see the Chiefs not winning on Sunday is that they they find a way to beat themselves. Because if you look at the previous four losses the Chiefs have had this year, name me a single one of them that the Chiefs just got dominated. Or they got blown out like the Ravens blew out the Patriots. Or like the Texans blew out the Patriots. You can't find it. The worst loss the Chiefs have had this season, you can argue between the Colts' loss when they lost 19-13 to in the most frustrating fashion imaginable, or the Titans' game when they lost 35-32. to We dominated that whole game. Neither one of those games were lost because the other team dominated the Chiefs because it didn't happen. The Chiefs gave those games up or played horribly. That's what happened. That's the difference between these two teams. Well, and we haven't, since Andy Reid's been here, there's never been a time when the Patriots dominated us. That's also true. Now, the narrative that the quote-unquote, the Patriots haven't lost at home all season, that's been like this safeguard for them. <laughs> because they are currently, I believe, on a 21-game home winning streak right now, which is incredible. Let's check that competition real quick. Here are the names of the teams the Patriots have forced, faced in Gillette so far. The Steelers, Jets, Giants, Browns, Cowboys. They have a combined record of 22-36. and 36. Ooh. Man, murderers, bro. Shivers. Hallelujah. Shivers. So here's the question. How do the Chiefs win this game? You take the early lead into the half. Why do I say that, guys? Because since week nine, the Patriots are 2-2. Two and two. And in their two wins against the Eagles and Cowboys, they led 10-9 and 10-6. In their two losses against the Ravens and Texans, they trailed 17-13 and 14-3. No different than the two matchups between the Chiefs and Patriots last season. The Pats led 24-9 in the regular season matchup and 14-0 at half in the AFC Championship and won both games. Let's make something very clear. The Chiefs, the Patriots have won the last two matchups, but they didn't beat the Chiefs. There were instances that took place that made those games what they were. The Patriots did not dominate or destroy the Chiefs. If anything, the Chiefs beat themselves. Losing by a combined nine points like we talked about earlier in the show. There was so much left on the field by the Chiefs. So many missed opportunities and so many frustrating third down conversions allowed by the sudden led the sudden led Chiefs defense. Those days are gone, guys. Long gone. Not only is this Chiefs Chiefs defense different in a good way, but the Patriots offense is different in a bad way. A weapon that the Chiefs have for this matchup that no one is talking about, and actually Trevor mentioned it earlier, stole a little bit of the thunder, but that's actually okay. It is Brandon Daly. Yes, sir. It absolutely is. I remember we had. Um, he's a former defensive line coach and the current Chiefs defensive line coach. And our guy from Arrowhead Pride, Kent Swanson, came on our show earlier this year, I believe it was in April, and he broke all this down for us about this guy. This is going to be a difference maker for the Chiefs. Because at that time, we only had one team that we were looking at in the AFC that could really stand in our way to get to a Super Bowl, and that was the Patriots. And that might still be the case. So adding Brennan Daly was a humongous get for the Chiefs. And it could be the reason as to why, like, again, the matchup difference, he gives us a little bit of something that we didn't have without him. Well, there's been a lot of chatter, too, uh, uh, from reporters that I've heard from numerous different accounts that there's been a lot of chatter from Brendan Daly talking about this game all year. 
talking about how, hey, guys, you want to know my backstory with how I got here and what happened with the Pats. Like, he's made it and put an emphasis on that whole motivation there. So that's good to hear that. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, real quick, and I'm going to get your guys' thoughts after this. I thought about it all week long. Who are the players that we need to watch out for for both teams as far as a victory is concerned? Who, who's going to help this team get to a victory? The obviousness is Julian Edelman, Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, Tom Brady, all the big names, right? I got two names that are very, very much under the radar, but are guys that need to be taken seriously in this one or could be a guy that should be taken seriously afterward. James White. I fully anticipate the Patriots do all they can to get get James White the ball as much as possible in this game. And with Claiborne and Fenton out, that's the spot that I feel that the Patriots can find success and they're going to find it there. Because James White has been getting defended. If you watch the Texans game again, they had cornerbacks on James White because he is an incredible mm-hmm. pass catcher out of the backfield. When he's on the field, you almost can guarantee the Patriots are throwing the ball. And James White's going to be on the field a lot in this game. Mm-hmm. And I think that I do think the Patriots are going to try to run the ball, but I also know that they know where their bread and butter is. Getting Julian Edelman out in the 10 to 15 yard slants mm-hmm. and hitting James White in the dump offs. You're going to see a lot of that. And with, like I said, with, with Claiborne and Fenton being out, those are big losses with the Chiefs only have three other cornerbacks on this roster. That's going to force Tyron Matthew to play a lot more up front. He's going to have to play a lot of man. He's going to have to play. He's going to probably, yeah, he's going to probably have to stock a few players throughout this game. That's going to be hinging on Tyron Matthew big time. But on the Chiefs side, somebody we mentioned a little bit earlier, McCole Hardman. Look, the Patriots are, are they are, remember this, they're, I guarantee you this, they're going to take someone away. Whether whether it's going to be Tyreek with when he had one catching in, in the AFC Championship, he did play very well against them in the regular season game. He right. torched him actually, but they took him away in the in the AFC Championship. They actually took away Travis Kelsey a little bit too. Yeah. I think he only had three catches in that game. They're going to take one of those two guys away for sure. Someone is going to have to step up. I don't believe it's going to be D Rob. I don't I don't really think he's that guy. I've given up on Sammy. Maybe he can come out and do something, but I mean, my God, guys, he's had. Nothing since week this one. Is, this is his team, the like his team to to, to beat to shine. I think and it's we saw it in the AFC Championship game. I, I think, it, but I I see. I think it's McColl's time. I think this could be his coming of age game. You will be seeing this to be the great on the biggest stage he's ever played on in his professional career. I think his speed, which is the biggest killer right now for the Patriots, like Trevor said earlier in the show, they are an incredible defense, but they struggle so bad against fast teams. Look at the Ravens and look at the Texans. There's no coincidence. It wasn't spread out either. It wasn't like week two and then week 11 and it just happened to be these random games. No, it's the current Patriots defense. They are struggling against this team. This is supposed to be the time the Patriots are blossoming into a great team and they're getting whooped by good offenses and fast offenses. You saw how many times in the Texans game guys were wide open, 15, 20 yards down the field. Stephen Gilmore is going to shut somebody down. Well, even Duke Johnson was feasting against them. Too. Yeah, absolutely. Like yeah. The, the, Stephen Gilmore is going to do his job. He's the best corner in the NFL right now. He's going to be on Kelsey quite a bit, actually. He's going to probably be on uh, Kelsey a lot, and they're going to double-team Tyreek Hill or vice versa. Regardless of what they're going to do, they're going to – Bill Belichick is determined, I'm going to take away one of your main weapons. They're going to check Travis at the line. And I think this is the perfect opportunity for McCole Harmon, especially with the running back situation going on. Patrick Mahomes, I think there's going to be a key touchdown – 
Patrick Mahomes is going to throw a bomb or uh, whatever whatever the distance is of the touchdown. But Cole Hardman is going to have a key play in this game because they cannot guard everybody. And we saw in the Titans game, we've seen earlier on in this year, McCole Hardman, I mean, in the Raiders game too, how fast and how quick and how elusive this kid can be. You can't guard this guy. Your third cornerback can't guard this guy. So I think this is going to be the guy that I think makes the ultimate difference in the Chiefs winning this game. Trevor, what are your thoughts initially for this game coming into this week? Um, the Patriots have shown to struggle against what they're good at offensively. They're, they struggle against – because as bad – okay, let me say this. As bad as you think our running game has been offensively, theirs is even worse. They're, they're not even they're, – they're even lesser of a good rush, uh, rushing offense as we are. And they're, and they're rushing – game is similar to ours they rush they run through the air a lot with james white like you said um so that is a concern with james white um because we saw what austin eckler did to us even as shitty and lame and boring as that game was and how ugly that game was against the chargers austin eckler absolutely just scorched us he was balling out he was getting open in space way too easily and james white is a whole other beast than austin eckler um and he's been there before and he's a champ he's made the big plays before um so he's definitely a concern of mine. Outside of that, I'm not really worried. I'm not worried about Edelman, being, Edelman getting space. I think he will eventually make some plays here and there, but I, I think we're going to cover him fairly well. Um, I think Tyron Matthews is going to have a lot to say about that. Um, but as far as which guy do I think is going to shine for us, like, like you said, we I do fully expect him to do whatever they can to take Travis Kelsey and Tyreek out of this game. Uh, whether they succeed at that or not, I think Sammy Watkins is going to be the guy. I do. I think Sammy because Sammy Watkins has those weeks. And he hasn't had one for a while, and I think he's look what he did in the, in the AFC Championship game. He was the star of that game outside of Damian Williams yeah. as far as scoring touchdowns. Damian Williams, he was the guy. He was shredding them because they were letting us. If they're going to let us have that, we can see we've seen Sammy Watkins catch in space and just absolutely just bolt to the end zone. Yeah, we saw it against the Jags, you know, uh, and we've seen it in spurts against other teams. I think he's the guy. He's he's played well when he's gotten targets. He just hasn't gotten too much work, and he, it's it's been quiet. And I'm not sure necessarily if it's his fault. Um, I wanted to see him. He didn't do absolutely anything against the Raiders, which was surprising to me. But he wasn't getting much, much work as far as targets and attention from Pat. So I'm not sure what that the reason of that has been. I don't, maybe he's not been, been healthy the last couple of weeks. I know there's been some issues with him at practice. I think there was an illness last week or something like that. Um, I think it's, I think this is a week. I know it could definitely be McCall Hardman because of the, because of the speed factor. Um, but I don't trust him enough yet to, to do that. And I don't think Andy Reid trusts him enough, um, to, to, to unleash. But I mean, like dude, we saw us unleash cream hunt right away as a rookie against the Pats. So I can definitely see another rookie McCall Hardman who's we've already seen have big play potential go out there and put that up. But I definitely think I can see Sammy Watkins have a hundred plus receiving yard game against the Pats. Um, because they're they're good, like I said, at taking the first two main weapons away. But there's going to be plenty of opportunity, I think, for these other guys to eat. Um, and we didn't, have, and like last year, we didn't have the the extra speed of a McCall Hardman to go with Tyreek Hill. We have two guys now that can take that over the top and burn you deep. So I mean, like you said, like you started your whole rant off with, we're going to beat the Patriots, and I 100% agree with that too. I don't. There, there's nothing that that puts fear in me. We. we we saw Austin Eckler eat us, eat us alive. It didn't matter because Tom Brady doesn't look the same. Tom Brady wants all we, if we hit him a couple times, we rattle him. The offensive line is not the same. And I think they have a new center starting. Yeah, Karras is out. And I mean, if that doesn't scream Stone Cold Jones, the boy's going to eat. We're going to eat that offensive line alive. Hopefully, hopefully he doesn't touch Tom Brady's nipple. 
Because if <laughs> well, he does, they're going to throw a flag. I don't think I don't think we're going to hit Tom enough. That's, I hate saying that, but just because Tom Brady gets the rid of the ball so so quickly, he doesn't get hit. A Not lot. this year. Yeah, well, I, I think they're really going to scheme that because they know Chris Jones is coming. That's the problem. And they know though. this defense is getting right. Yeah, I, 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 I get what you're saying. To get rid of the ball quickly. I think James White's going to have like eight to nine. The, catches. the difference, though, in this season, though, and I'm going to get Eddie's thoughts on this game. I'm sorry, I don't want to interrupt, but I will say to that point. That has been something that even New England writers like Dan Shaughnessy yeah. has been saying is that Tom's actually holding on to the ball too long because he doesn't trust the majority of his weapons, mm-hmm. and they're not getting space. Yeah, You saw in the Texas game, he's telling his guys to go, go, yeah, go. Yeah. They're not doing that. Nikhil Harry and well, these, young, these young dudes are not getting it. Muhammad Snoo's not good that's enough. That's true, but all, you can, you can, if you watch Brady play this year, which I've watched almost every time I get a chance, sure. he's, his arm strength is – it's gone. Dwindling. It's gone, it's man. Bad. He's not. He doesn't he has, have the zip. He doesn't have the juice behind his. And throws. his downfield throw his accuracy is terrible. Yes, he so did I, hit Janoris Jenkins in stride. I will give him that. Yeah, that was I mean, pretty he's good gonna throw have, he's gonna out of his ass every once in a while. The guy's his muscle memory is gonna be there, but it's just it's the, it's the matter it's a matter of the juice. And I don't see Tom Brady with the juice. And if we rattle him whatsoever. We get in his head, and he he sees Chris Jones just chomping at the bit across that line. Yeah, he's gonna piss and fold. Uh, yeah, and I think it's gonna be another. I don't think it's gonna be a high scoring game. I do think we're gonna put up twenty five plus points, but I don't think the Patriots are gonna score more than twenty points. So I I definitely uh, am feeling very confident heading into this game, man. Man, so. my thoughts on this game this this game is this game for me is is very 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 hard, very confusing uh, for the simple fact that. Yes, they they've been struggling. Uh, the Patriots have been struggling def- uh, offensively, but the defense has has done their job uh, in keeping the Patriots in games and winning them games. You know, they, they I think they lead the league in turnovers, interceptions, interceptions. and fewest touchdown yes. passes. Yeah, I think yes. they only so, allow like seventeen points a game, or yeah, not, even, so, not even that. So if I compare that defense uh, to the uh, Chiefs' offense, talent wise, talent wise. I think the the Chiefs have a slight edge on the uh, on the on the Patriots defense for the simple fact that we have uh, Michael Hardman now, which now you you uh, have Tyreek speed and Michael Hardman speed. You can't cover all the guys like you said. You can't cover Tyreek. You can cover. You can't cover Travis Kelsey. You can't cover Sammy Watkins all at the same time. You have to you have to leave somebody yeah. like pretty much one on one. Well, even more this year than last year. Might as well year. just open, yeah. you know, because you cannot block everybody. And that's going to be a big factor, and I agree with you 100% with uh, Mikul having a, a, a like a standout game. I, I think this is his game to prove that, hey, I'm not just here as a as a rookie. I'm here as a actual NFL player, and I'm ready to, to step up to that role to be the number two wide receiver mm-hmm. to take that spot from Sammy Watkins. Because Sammy Watkins this season hasn't done shit, hasn't, proved, hasn't proven to me that he's a true number two wide receiver. Our number two option right now is Travis Kelsey, and that's a tight end. And obviously, you want the number one option, but yeah. Well, yeah, but yeah, because overall, yeah, because yeah. Tyreek, right. Ty, Tyreek's hurt. But when Tyreek's in the game, he's your number one option, absolutely. And then you go to uh, Travis Kelsey, and then you go to maybe Sammy Watkins. It should be Sammy Watkins, and, and then you yeah. go, yeah, it, it should yeah. be Sammy Watkins, and then Travis Kelsey, and then Miko being your last yeah. last option. Yeah. And it hasn't been that way, and I think Miko. Is is ready to to step up to the to the plate and I, and I think he's gonna have probably a hundred yards this game. I, the, I'm making that right now. I think he's gonna he's gonna go over a hundred yards, maybe one or two touchdowns. I, I yeah. like I like it. And and here's the thing: I, we I said it earlier that that the Belichick defense is always gonna show 
your biggest or exploit your biggest weakness. Yes. That's something he's always great at. And that's why if I was to say, like, what am I afraid of in this game? It's Bill Belichick and mm-hmm. only Bill Belichick because I yep. know he's going to schematically have his team ready. He's yep. the greatest and, ever to do it. And, and like you've seen in the past two games that Patrick Mahomes has played the Patriots, the Chiefs have been completely shut out in the first half. And that's why because, I said because, yes. because they've, they've been completely caught off guard by the coverage that Belichick sends out. Right. And they're like, holy shit, we, we haven't seen it. Like, what, like what's this? Right. Yep. So it like, but then you see Andy Reid adjusting after the half mm-hmm. and fucking just letting it yeah. up. So and, we, we cannot go in there and, and counter. We got we got to go in there and want to throw yes. the first punch. That's why I said if you look the, over the last month, they're yeah. two and two, and it's literally night and day. Yeah. Both losses, they were trailing in half. Both wins, they were winning in half. Yeah. The Chiefs cannot go into the second half of this game, whether they're getting the ball or not. And trailed to this offense because Especially guys, yeah. let's just let's just call it what it is. The Patriots have the worst offense amongst all contending teams in the NFL, probably all playoff teams right now in the yeah. NFL, and that's including the Steelers. And, and that's what I'm trying to get people yeah. to understand. This team doesn't strike fear in contending and contending teams' hearts. Yes, they're going to beat up on the bad teams. They had six of the. Their first eight games, they had six of the worst teams in the NFL on that schedule. They beat the Bills, but contextualize that win. Josh Allen got knocked out. He had a concussion on a drive he could have won the game with. They had a blocked field goal or a blocked punt yep. like on the 15-yard line of the Bills. Ends up being a touchdown. They went 13 to 9. But <laughs> like contextualizing when their only good win of the season. Yeah, right. To prove your point about the offense being bad, I think Edelman leads the league in uh Drop passes. I don't know if he's first or second. I was gonna say DK Metcalf's well, gotta be. He's up also there. up there in targets per game. He's yeah, like yeah, but he leads. Game, so. I think he leads the league in drop passes. And yeah. and like uh, I was uh, I was watching uh, was it uh, Nick Wright and uh, I can't remember the other people on the table, but they were talking about how Tom Brady is not confident of his weapons. He he knows that if he throws it to somebody, they might drop the pass. So he doesn't know who to throw it to because even his number one option, who is Edelman, leads the league and drop passes. He doesn't believe in Edelman. Yes, he Edelman makes those plays, makes those flashy plays, makes those fucking out-of-nowhere plays, but at the same time, he has a lot of drops. So, And then, obviously, the center being a factor, having mm-hmm. a different center. So... The confidence in Tom Brady is not the same. He is older, and we're we're starting to see a, dec- a decline on Tom Brady. But like you said earlier, we cannot count the pages out of the play uh, out of the Super Bowl yet, for the simple fact that they just I don't well, know somehow they just always seem to yeah, make it. A lot of things, yeah, a lot of things fall their way. But I will say this: I'm going to say this very confidently. If the Patriots are in the NFC right now, I would not consider them a Super Bowl contender. No. They would not be a Super Bowl contender in the NFC. Straight up, there are five teams in the NFC right I mean, now. You put I, them. You put them in almost any other division. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's they, actually a competitive division. Yeah, in the AFC, in the AFC, they are absolutely Super Bowl contenders. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. because the AFC is just just not good. Yeah, the Browns aren't what we thought they would be. No, you know, yeah. I mean, we're, we're sitting here talking about the Titans make make a run, and I yeah. didn't pick the Titans to make the playoffs this yeah. year. But point remains, Titans are in the NFC right now. They they're probably not going to make the playoffs. So like, that's that's what I'm trying to get people to understand. And so the whole basis of what I've been trying to say about all this and this matchup in particular is, yes, the Patriots won both games last year by combined nine points, but the Chiefs beat themselves in both games. I don't have that same sense coming into this game. Yes, the Chiefs have beaten themselves a lot this year. In fact, four times. 
But this team is turning the corner. This team is healthy. Patrick Mahomes is getting back to who he is. Although he hasn't played well in the last couple games, the Chiefs collectively are winning games as a team. We did not see that outside of maybe the Bengals game one time last season. This team has already won a collection of games this year as a team. The Vikings game comes to mind. This last Raiders game comes to mind. The first Raider game comes to mind. Even the Jacksonville Jaguars game in the first week. This team has had to make do with the shit they've had to deal with from their roster being depleted. They didn't have that last year. They've had their they had their issues last season with losing Kareem Hunt and having historically a bad defense, but they overcame it for the majority of it. They shot themselves in the foot last last year in the AFC Championship. I don't think that happens this time around. Yeah, the goal is to. We may not get the sacks that we want, but the goal is to keep Brady uncomfortable. Because we've seen it all year. When he's uncomfortable and he's kind of shaky, he doesn't have that same pocket presence that he's had. He's looking really jittery when he sees it. Like I'm telling you, we're going to see some blitzes by Tyrone Matthew. They're going to scare the shit out of Brady. He's just going to turtle up and collapse because he knows he's about to get lit. And Tyrone Matthews is going to be ready for this game. And I think he, I'm expecting a big game from our, from our safeties again this this week. And Absolutely, keeping Brady on, you know on his toes. Here's what's crazy: nervous is going to be the goal. Pat, uh, Tom Brady is is averaging almost 40 pass attempts a game yeah. this season. Yeah, they don't they don't run the ball. 42 year old yeah. quarterback with one proven commodity at at receiver, no tight ends, throwing that much, and they're one of the throwing worst that much offenses. This defense, I will give the Chiefs defense this thing, this this much. Their pass defense has been very good this season. Yeah. Look at look at wide receiver ones this year against the Chiefs. They have not done well. And again, Stephen Diggs. Goes, and again, that goes back to the talent they play. Ste- but Ste- but Stephen Diggs had four receiving yards against the Chiefs. Yeah. Four. Yeah. yeah. Stephen Diggs would be by far the biggest weapon that the Patriots would have. That's my point. Is this sure. Chiefs defense has confidence? Are oh, you talking about our secondary? Yes. Oh, our secondary, our secondary against wide receiver ones yeah. this year have been insanely oh, yeah. good. DeAndre Hopkins didn't do much against. Got us. shut Keenan down. Allen didn't do much against. Us. Now it's running backs yeah. that have been killing the Chiefs in the receiving yeah, in the game. Passing They've given up four 100 receiving yard games to running backs now we're about this to go season. Against one of the best. And now we're going against one. Yeah. Of, that's why I said James White's the guy. If I'm the Patriots, I'm feeding James White all night long. Well, we're going to be ready for that. And I and you know what? But the thing is, though, we can allow that, and we can still win. Because just look, I mean, as long as our defense, we can because uh, we play, we've kind of let teams play under the underneath game. And that's fine. Because, I mean, Brady's not going to beat us over the top, man. They don't have that guy anymore. Nope. Edelman's their, his number one weapon. He's not an over the top guy. He's, he's a crazy, five foot ten. Yeah, he's a slot type dude. He's an he's an out route guy. He's gonna catch it and run out of bounds. It, I'm not. Well, I think Chartavis Gore can can take care of him for the most part. So if the I've, Chiefs lead at half, yeah. the Chiefs are winning this game. That is that is how I look at this. Yeah. You lead at half, regardless if you're getting the ball or not after halftime. Got to score first. We got you. Start you half. win this game. Whoever leads the game at half, I believe is going to win this game, and I think it's going to be the Chiefs. Eddie. What I mean, you don't have to give us the actual score predictions yet. We do that every Sunday before noon kickoffs. Twenty-one. What do you, who do you have winning this game straight up? Straight up, and why? Uh that might hate me for this, but I, I do have the Patriots winning this one in New England, uh, Foxborough, for the simple fact that it, for the past two weeks, our our offense hasn't shown me anything, or I I would say thirteen weeks hasn't shown me anything that they can beat a top defense. Uh, yes, they beat the Ravens, but I think that was what week two, well, so, three, yeah, week, week three. three yeah. Uh, I mean, before that defense was what it is. But yeah, exactly. Yeah, sure. Before that team was who it well, is. That's sure. fair. That's totally before fair. Before that team that was. So 
I, I think that the New England New England Patriots defense will be their t- their toughest defense to that they face up to this point. And the way the the way the offense has been playing hasn't mm-hmm. given me uh, or hasn't proven to me anything that that shows me that they're going to win this game easily or, or or any of that sort. Patrick Mahomes has been struggling. Tyreek Hill hasn't had the that year. Travis Kelsey is doing what he can. Sammy Watkins, not even fucking going to say anything about him, but. <laughs> Then you have Harmon, who's a rookie, and obviously he has a he has a statement to make, and I think he will make that statement this game. But I don't think it's going to be enough for Tom Brady and that defense. I, I think that defense is going to play a big, big, big part in this game, and, and I do see the Patriots winning thirty-one twenty-seven. Uh, yeah, you say the the Patriots. Did you haven't seen the Chiefs really put it on any good defenses, which is slightly untrue because Week One we opened up against a very stout Jacksonville defense with Jalen Ramsey, and we put forty plus on them. When we've been healthy. Without Tyreek Hill. And then we also went into Tennessee and put up 30-plus points and should have won that game. But lost. We lost, but that wasn't on Patrick Mahomes in the offense. It really wasn't. We should, Our defensive game plan was absolute shit that week, and we should have shut that game down had that win. Either way, I, I, put, I, I picked the Chiefs going away with this one because damn near everything outside of experience and coaching, with Tom Brady's experience and, and Belichick's coaching, outside of that – we have the green light on every other thing. We have the talent offensively and defensively. We have more talent on both sides of the field. Our offensive line is better regardless of how much, much we've talked about our offensive line. We have the more mobile quarterback that can make plays outside of the pocket and evade pressure. Tom Brady's not able to do that. He hasn't been able to do that for almost a decade now, if we're being real. He's never been that guy ever. Um, so if we're bringing pressure, we're going to win that game. If we're, if we're making Tom Brady – make plays on the run or, you know, have to take sacks, we're going to win this game because that offense is not built to keep up with ours. And we've seen what you said, like we have, you haven't seen us really beat great defenses consistently. Yeah. We haven't had everyone healthy for the majority of the season. And also we haven't seen Brady compete with the other good offenses. So if we come in here, just after seeing what the Baltimore offense has done, after seeing what the Texans offense has done, our offense is better in both of those offenses. If we're going to go in there and we can do slightly of what they did and have with the talent, more offensive talent that we have of any of those other. So, yeah, I mean, if we can go in there and, and, and compete to even the level of those other offenses that have faced and beat the Patriots, which, like I said, we have the better offensive players, the offensive talent as far as overall scheme. And then we have the better offensive minded coach of all those teams as well. Yeah, no, I agree. And, and, and like, I, like I said, I, I think the, the Chiefs offense do, do do have better talent than the, the Patriots defense if we're going like matchup wise. Right. Talent-wise, yes, I can see it. But at the same time, in 13 weeks, the Chiefs haven't proven to me like that they they, they can't lead uh, big, big, big games. We can talk about the fucking Raiders game all day, all, all mm-hmm. we want, but it's the Raiders. We, knew, sure. we knew what we were going to do coming into that game. Mm-hmm. So now that you're facing the Patriots in Foxborough, a team that you desirely, desirely want to beat, that they've beaten you in the, at your house mm-hmm. at, the, at the AFC Championship game, you obviously want to get out there and, and and beat them, but for some reason we just can't seem to to to, to make it happen. And Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, their scheme always seemed to work against the Chiefs' offense. Uh, I would, and you can you can see that by by the first halves in both those two games sure. that their scheme does work. Yeah. Yeah. And if it, if we go into this game and the the, the offense plays the, the same way that it's been playing for the past two weeks. We're gonna see the the, the the Patriots defense dominate the fucking the, the, the Chiefs offense, even with all that talent, even with Tyreek Hill back, even with even with uh 
without Irvin, what's his name? Uh, Fisher in even mm-hmm. even if, 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 if everybody's healthy, but if the, the offense plays the same way that they've been playing this past two two weeks, that Patriots <clears> defense <throat> is going to dominate the, the, the Chiefs' offense. Here's why the Chiefs are going to win this game, and it actually is to your point um, because it's actually I think the point you're trying to make, Eddie, actually has more to do with the Patriots than even the Chiefs. And the reason why I say that is to this point of the season. The Patriots have only faced what you would even consider four good teams. Yep. It was against the Bills, the Cowboys. I don't even know if you want to even consider the Cowboys at this point a good team. <laughs> they they have place. a lot of talent. They're in first place. They have a lot of talent. Let's just say that. Okay, so we'll, we'll include yeah, the Cow- we'll include the Cowboys. First in this. place Cowboys. We'll include the Cowboys into this conversation. Okay, just so we give the Patriots more teams to fuck with. So you have the you have the Bills, you have the the Cowboys, you have the um, Ravens, and you have the Texans. Right to this point, in those four games. The Patriots' offense is averaging 17 points a game. The Chiefs against the Jaguars, the Ravens, Vikings, Titans. Packers, and Titans, all good defenses, are averaging 30 points a game in those games. And two of those games was with Matt Moore. Yep. So that is actually the point we need to be looking at here is, yes, the Chiefs do have struggles on offense. Yes, they have pissed me off many times this season, and it's drove me absolutely crazy because they've underachieved completely. But even with underachieving, they're averaging over 30 points a game with backups included against good defenses and more better teams than the Patriots the have Patriots faced. The Patriots struggles and outweigh the Chiefs' struggles. they're almost doubling their point total. Right. The Patriots have much more to worry about in this game. The Chiefs are the hungrier team. The Chiefs have – there's no pressure on the Chiefs in this game. Mm-mm. The Patriots have all the pressure because what's the question right now? Can they beat good teams? The Patriots are old. Tom Brady's done. All the pressure is on them. No one is no one is giving the Chiefs like this. Well, they better go in there and win. We're the only ones doing that because we have this standard yeah. in Kansas City that the Chiefs need to win these kind of games. Outside of that, everyone's expecting. Well, you can't ever count. That's been the whole argument. Is why people are picking the Patriots for that very reason. Well, you just can't count them out. It's not about anything current. It's about everything they've done in the past. That is why the Chiefs are winning because the Chiefs are the team of the current time. Mm-hmm. They're the good team right now. The Patriots aren't. Their record indicates that they are. That's why I'm not including excluding them from the Super Bowl run okay. because the AFC has been so bad, mm-hmm. and they simultaneously are playing the NFC East this year, which is the worst division in football. The Patriots have been beat unlucky to this point. They are getting unlucky because now they're facing good teams. The Chiefs are a good team, and the Chiefs are going to beat them this week. And we've, we're getting better as the year's gone on, too. We're the Chiefs are peaking. The, yep. the Patriots are declining. And I saw this coming. I told you guys this when I said this stretch was coming. I said this on I a show. The, I had us beating the Pats from the beginning of the year. So Yes, exactly, because I saw what the Patriots were running through and what they are about to run into. Right. And they're two significantly different things. Hence to why they're two significantly different teams when they face one team and not the other, and vice versa. When they face good competition, they don't look like Super Bowl contenders. Well, and it goes back to, like you said, Brendan Daly. He's a guy that was there for a handful of years and was the guy that was scheming and, and setting up defenses against Tom Brady in practices, finding ways to, to, to expose Brady in practices, to sharpen Brady every week and prepare him for every week. So if anyone knows how to get to Tom Brady and what scheme to use, him with the combination of Spags who's beat Tom Brady in two Super Bowls, I love it. Held I love that that's held, on my side. Spagnuolo's Giants defenses held both, – both those times they faced in the Super Bowl, the Patriots led the league in scoring. Granted, those were Hall of Fame defenses. Combined 31 points allowed. Against those defenses, against those offenses. So that's just context for that. I'm not expecting the Chiefs to shut out the Patriots. I'm not expecting them to beat them by 31. 
But I am expecting the Chiefs to go in there and make a statement. Yep. I am expecting them to go in there, score points, and make Tom Brady look even older than what he was a week ago. That's where I'll leave it, and that's where we're going to leave it. And we'll see what happens. Maybe maybe Eddie will be right. Don't think so, but maybe he will be because well, there is an opportunity. Sample size is in Eddie's favor, but you got to call it like you see it because every season's new. Every season's new, and you have to change your perspective as how the how the year goes on with each team and how each team looks. All right, we've had I mean, how many freaking different uh, outlooks have we had on the Chiefs so far? It's been a roller coaster year, but like you said, we're peaking right now at the perfect time. Granted, we won as a team, as a whole team. It wasn't like we had an absolute offensive prowess this past week, but still, we're 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 competing as a team now. And we haven't seen that since Patrick Mahomes has been here. We've been competing as an offense since he's been yeah. here. We've, we've, it's been so lopsided. But now us having team wins as a collective group is the most is the most important thing heading towards the end of the year. And that and we've not seen that with the Patriots. The Patriots are literally defend, de- depending on their defense to win them games. And I, I'm I'm all for it. And I think we we are the worst. Actually, I think we're the worst matchup for the Patriots heading into this game. So agreed. All right, guys. What time is it? What's what's this time of the show called? Mm. Hold this L. It's time to hold this L. I want you to do me a favor and hold this L. Somebody's got to hold that L. <laughs> the him, the her. I'm talking like caps lock L L L L L L L L Cool J stuff. Hold that L. <laughs> Good God, man. Hold this gigantic. <gasps> Veiny, pulsating oh L. <laughs> Man, you are one pathetic loser. You ignorant bastard. <laughs> oh, that was great. Oh, hold Sorry. this L. Hold this L, brought to you by Casey Beard Company. Since 2014, Casey Beard Co. has been handcrafting beard and skincare products in Kansas City with 100% organic ingredients. You can find them on Casey Beard Co. and Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Or you can find them at caseybeardco.com. Free shipping for any any purchase of over $50. All right. Who is holding the L tonight for one Trevor Twidwell? All right. I'm going to make this quick. Not so painless. But all you fucking annoying-ass Raider fans. Oh, shit. All you <laughs> talking heads on TV talking about, oh, I think the, oh, I think the, the, the Raiders' offense can keep up with the Chiefs. Listen, man. Every goddamn year we got to listen to this shit about the Raiders or whoever it is in the division. Since Patrick Mahomes has been here, since Andy Reid's been here, it doesn't matter if it's Alex Smith or Patrick Mahomes. We are the, we are the, the kings of this division, and it's, and it's not going to change until those people are gone. I'm so tired of hearing about John Gruden being the, the coach of the year, blah, 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 him, him no, them maybe catching the Chiefs. It's, you got I'm so I'm just so tired of all the trash talk from these – Little chihuahuas that for some reason, <laughs> these cockroaches, a nuclear fucking bomb, as what is the Chiefs, the nuclear fucking bomb that goes off in this division, yet the cockroaches are still around for some goddamn reason. And we, got them vandalizing, and we got them vandalizing fucking Chiefs cars in the parking lot of Chiefs games because their asses can't take the heat. I'm tired of it, man. I'm tired of these or fucking the, Or the cold. Right, yeah. I got to see it on Facebook. I got to see it in these groups I'm in. It's just – it's. It's a special kind of stupid, man, and I'm embarrassed for you and your family, for all your mothers out there. I'm embarrassed for, um, yeah. So I mean, you, you can wear all the eyeliner you want, ladies. You can, you can, you can wear all the, you can wear all the spikes, you can wear all the spikes and thistles you want, fellas. You can wear all the Halloween masks you want. It ain't gonna change shit. Every fucking year, every fucking year we do, we do this shit. Y'all just need to bow down and, and just take that L. 
Take this genitalia on your chin like a champ. Jesus. Game over, bro. That felt perfect. Looking looking for the next few years of the same dominance. (laughs) Take that D. Let's go. Evan. Fan him off, bro. Fan him off, Evan. Ah, I'm tired of it, man. I'm tired. I'm tired. Trevor warned us. Trevor warned us before the break or after in the break. I wasn't expecting all the shit. Okay, so, bro. So, 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 all you, all you loco <laughs> Raider fans, all you, all you, all you, all you bisaws out there, <laughs> all you guys out there that can think that you. you <laughs> All you guys out there that think you just you run shit because you have a, a, a fan base that, tra- that travels well. All right, I'm happy I'm for you guys. I'm starting to feel bad for him. I'm not, I don't feel bad for him. I don't feel bad for him at all. They're, they're the loudest group, I swear. They're the loudest group of losers out there that I've ever met. And y'all can all do me a favor and go ahead and hold, hold this hell. And I'm sorry. Right? I'm turning my mic off. Yeah. I'm turning my mic off. That was beautiful. Somebody give Trevor some liquor. I'm maybe tired. Not, of it, maybe not liquor. Maybe tired of it. Y'all, y'all can hold that it. That was so intense. Elegant. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, what we got, Eddie? All right, my L is going to go to none other than Richard Richard Sherman. Uh, he came out today uh, in a press conference uh, talking about the, the the guy from the, the the radio host that got suspended from by the Niners for making the comment uh, of uh, Lamar Jackson's skin color. Uh, saying that uh, he makes the ball uh, pretty much disappear because of his skin color. <laughs> Such an idiotic comment. So Richard Sherman came on and, and pretty much defended this guy, saying that he did not mean that. And he goes on to pretty much say almost this exact same thing that the that the radio host said. But instead of saying skin color, he said that the jersey and the way the ball blend, it, it makes it hard to see. And, you know, so – just trying to defend mm. idi- ignorance, like, I- ignorance yeah, yeah, yeah. pretty much. Or just sort of light to make it a light of the comments. Yeah, there's it's, no there's no room yeah. for that, man. There's, there's he, I mean, I don't know why he made the comment. Maybe he wasn't thinking. Well, obviously, he wasn't thinking about it. But he was clearly absent minded. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but you cannot defend those acts, even if even if you know the person personally, even if you know them that that they're a good person. He made the comments. He needs to accept the punishment. And, and just let it be that. Learn from your mistakes. Don't go out there and try to defend this guy and make it worse on him and yourself and the organization as a whole. Yeah. So for for that reason, uh, Richard Sherman, you're going to have to hold, hold this L. L. Yeah. I love, I love, I've actually loved Richard Sherman throughout his career. I think he's spoken out about a lot of stuff, but sometimes he puts his own foot in his own guy. Like when he lies about Baker Mayfield not going to shake his hand. This year, it's been some bizarre stuff. Right? It's, yeah. He's, uh, he's been on one for he's sure. He's been on fire this year. I'll give him um, we haven't been talking a lot of NBA lately. And trust me when I say that doesn't make it's me not. happy. <laughs> I, I've missed talking NBA, but, you know, obviously it's football season. We got to do what we got to do. There. Yeah. But um, I'm going to bring some NBA into the show. So there, there are bad franchises. And then there are the New York Knicks. And today we got the news that they fired um, pretty much new head coach, David Fisdale, who started off, I think, with their 4-16 and this season, or 4-18, and whichever one it is. Um, obviously, it's not the start you want. Um, as big of an NBA fan as I am, I can't name you five guys on the Knicks roster right now. And I don't really see how that's Fizdale's fault. And I actually like Fizdale's style. And he's gotten a, a, a critically acclaimed by several all like all NBA guys. You know, Kevin Durant and LeBron James and all these guys love Fizz. They call him Fizz. Dwayne Wade loved him back in his days in Miami. You know, like 
he has had a lot of respect, and the New York Knicks, I don't feel like, deserved a guy like David Fisdale as their head coach. So much so, I even looked it back. Since 2008, the New York Knicks have had seven head coaches in 10 years. Yeah, they're the Raiders of the NBA. Yep. And their combined win percentage throughout that time is 36%. That's not a coach problem. That's a you problem. They have the biggest piece of shit owner in the NBA, James Dolan. This guy is a tool bag and a half, man. Like, this guy is just bad news. He is the reason why the Knicks are what they are. And you just keep firing these guys. I'm not saying all your coaches were good because Derek Fisher sucked. But, my God, David Fizzle, you're just going to let him walk out the door. He's going to land on another coaching staff and probably help them go to a title. This dude, this dude knows his stuff, and he's an awesome NBA guy. I cannot believe they let him go like this this early in the year. You're not even halfway through the season. You knew you were going to suck. So you let go of the one good thing you had? You deserve this. You know what else you deserve? You deserve to hold this L. All right. <laughs> hold this L. Hold it. Hold it hard. Hold that. How hard? All right. Episode 41 was a blast. We want to thank all of our listeners. We want to thank our sponsors, Commandeer, uh, KCM Company, Local Foundry. Uh, Casey Hard Goods. All you guys have been great to us. Thank you so much for all that you guys do for us. Thanks for all the listeners. Like I said, everyone in the Monday mailbag. Chiefs are going to beat the shit out of the Patriots this week. I don't care what Eddie Ortiz says. I don't care how many yo-yo-yos he's got. Chiefs are going to WWW this week. So be prepared for that. Um, you guys got anything you want to say before we get out of here? Fuck you, Lance. <laughs> <laughs> so for Eddie Ortiz, for Trevor Twidwell, taking that ass. I'm I'm Lance Twidwell here inside the KC Beardco Studios, wrapping up episode out. 41. Shout out to Dale Trimmer. Fuck you, oh, Rockstar oh, Rockstar oh. Burgers. We're out. We're gonna get out of this bitch. Thank you so much for listening, guys. See ya. You are tuned into the spoke. I might actually stick. I might actually stick around for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs>